11 o'clock comics episode 378 Woo-hoo! Well, I'm also, I think we're, we, 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 we shook the rust off more or less and, um, we might have an assist tonight anyway, but I, I also kind of repositioned myself. I'm not hunched over my desk like I was last week. So I'm, I'm a little bit more spread out, kind of like a command center thing going on here, which is freaked me out a bit. Cause I haven't in the seven years we've been doing this show, I've never set up the desk this way. So we'll see if it continues next week when when daddy comes home nice we miss daddy we do we do it's nice to see him you know he'll read our messages on, on facebook messenger and then he'll post a photo on his timeline and then he'll disappear again <laughs> i did uh i did exchange a few good old-fashioned text messages with him wow yes i told him i missed him that we missed him and uh he he gave me the following information the wedding went well he officiated that wedding. Yep. And he received A's in both of his classes so far. Awesome. So, yeah. So it seems like he's doing well. That's about all I got out of him, though. That's about right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it is what it is, but we'll take it. Yes, indeed. Respect. That's right, folks. Welcome to episode 378 Jeez. Jesus. It feels like a, a big number, but it's really a quite insignificant number in the grand scheme of things. But we're getting close to 400, which is going to be the all-nude episode. Everyone stay tuned. All-nude all the time. The it, this, It's not going to coincide with like the 11 o'clockers or anything, is it? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Speaking of the 11 o'clockers, I, I need to get on that. That's a, that's a good reminder. Thank you. Um, but welcome, everybody. This is uh, for the second week in a row, much to many listeners' chagrin. Uh, this is a Vince B free, the Vince B free zone, but uh, but we assure you that after this week, he will be back and likely put together another fifty-week unbroken streak, as he's wont to do. But uh, we we were rusty last week, so so David and I have enlisted a bit of cavalry for this week to try and uh, liven up. The uh, the festivities. I had a great time just talking to you last week, but but uh, we figured we'd we'd spice it up a little bit this week. But uh, anyway, as, as as people no doubt know by now, um, I am not Vince B. 
You you are not uh, Vince B. I I however am David A. Price. You are you are and and actually I'm not Vince B. Because I'm the living tribunal. <laughs> no, no, you are not. You are Jason Wood. Everybody, what's up? And our surprise guest back again in the chair. He he may now hold the record for most guest appearances. If he doesn't, he's darn close. I think he does have it though. Uh, everybody's favorite multiple-time Eisner Award winner, uh, Mr. Scotty Young. Once again, back, it's the Incredible. Oh, yeah. Nice. What's up? I, I am not Vince B because I do not pronounce Magneto Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you guys? Good. We just uh, we saw you in, in live and in person down in uh, North Kakalaka a few weeks back. I know. It was fun stuff, huh? I uh, I regaled everybody of your story of the art auction and, uh, oh. and uh, buying that uh, that wonderful Andrew Robinson Scooby Doo painting. Oh, what a great painting, man! Where are you guys hanging out? Yeah, I was going to say, is that uh, we're, we are we uh, are yeah, no, we're actually it's going to be in the living room. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, we get to put it in the living room. We're 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 amassing a nice eclectic uh, sense of decoration going on. So I think. Uh, you know, we don't have a whole lot of straight up comic book stuff uh, mm-hmm. hanging around like in the, the main parts of the house, but that's so funky. Um, and we're getting it framed in like a like a crazy ornate, you know, Scooby Doo mansion like frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll actually it'll go it'll go good in the house in the in the in the in the living room with everything else. So uh, yeah, it was a what a cool piece, man. It really what a cool is. Oh, it's beautiful. Man. A lot of us were sitting in the room thinking, oh, I'm going to bid on that. <laughs> but <laughs> it got out of hand pretty quickly. <laughs> well, yeah, that, whoever swooped in, man, I did not see that coming. I thought I had it locked down at 25. Yeah. Uh, I thought oh, you didn't know that guy? I assume. No, no, yeah. I didn't know him. And, and and I come to find out it was his, I think it was his wife who wanted it. Oh, okay. Um, and so so she, it was just a fan. It wasn't like it was a dealer or someone else that Andrew knew. It was just. No, no, okay. it was just somebody else. And I think his wife had wanted it and so he kept jumping in um yeah i thought uh, i thought i had it at 25 so i by the end i thought the inside of my face was actually cooking um it was <laughs> it was hot to the touch because <laughs> like, you know like look, look, look i'm i'm about spending some money on some art but i, w- I wasn't really wanting to spend that much money but no doubt yeah, I know you had to you had to probably do a whole extra sketch that weekend. Uh, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm sure Sheldon appreciates it though. You're like, I can't you're like, I can't go to Mer- to Mertz tonight. I gotta draw a picture. Yeah, a I picture. Put a picture. <laughs> and and um before I forget, just to cause she made sure to tell me multiple times to say hi to Scotty, and that's from Renee. Oh, uh, what's up, Sarah? What's up? Mm-hmm. I absolutely will. Nice. And uh, speaking of what's up, what's uh, up with y'all's drink roll call this week? Y'all drinking? Guests first. What are you drinking, Scotty? I actually went to the store on the way home because I was like, you know what? Last time I think I was on, I was drinking coffee maybe. <laughs> I think yeah. you're right. And you so, the stove. Yeah. So I literally stopped by the store on the way home and, uh, and I picked up some Red's Wicked Apple oh. Ale. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a cider fan, and I yeah. usually don't. I usually don't go for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Like to me, Reds is like the Miller Light of cider. <laughs> um, but they have the Reds Wicked, which is eight percent alcohol by volume. So 
they're like little uh, five hour energies of get your drunk on uh, of apple juice, basically. So um, a couple of, a couple of these cans will do, do me right by the end of this episode, I think. Nice. And uh, and definitely uh, beauty before age. So go ahead, David. What do you? Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, I am I'm back on the well, like last week with the blends. This is uh, Apothic Red Winemakers Blend from California. Uh, let's see. This one actually lists rich Zinfandel, smooth Merlot, flavorful Syrah, and bold Cabernet Sauvignon. We um, we bought this for. A friend of ours who was, she came over and checked on the cats while we were down, funnily enough, in, in North Carolina for Heroes, and um, and we we bought a bottle of that for her to give as a gift, and she came over, we ended up drinking it outside on, on the deck, and, and I immediately, as soon as I had the first sip, I immediately regretted giving it to her as a gift, because I would have just chugged it all, right? It's really, really good. Awesome. And uh, I'm not drinking Miller Lite because that's swill. Yes, it is. But I am drinking a light beer, although it's a much more acceptable light beer. I'm drinking Heineken Light. Founded in, in 1829, of course, America's oldest brewery. Okay. The 99-calorie can of love, otherwise known as Yangling Light Lager. Yangling. The Yangling. <laughs> it is all so good. It's so fresh and so clean. It's like It's like an Outcast album. Oh. It's really great. So, indeed. And uh, this mess of an episode is brought to you, as always, by our wonderful sponsors at Discount Comic Book Service. Yes. Where you, too, can have obscenely good savings on any comic, comic-related piece of paraphernalia, T-shirt, uh, Chagokin, Transformer, uh, mug, whatever you want that's geek-related and is available in previews. You can get from our friends at Discount Comic Book Service for crazy discounts. It's uh, it's forty percent off Marvel and DC as a baseline, and many many things are upwards of seventy five percent off. Um, we are, as we record, we are in that oddball period each month where the uh, order cutoff for this month has happened. Although they are always more than willing to take late orders, um, but. But we haven't yet received, at least I haven't yet received, my copy of previews this month. I know our guest has received his copy and is very proud of it for a reason I'm sure we'll get into. But in the meantime, um, we're kind of in that odd, so I don't really know specifically what to call out. I will say that um, if you still haven't placed your order either through Discount Comic Book Service or in general, you definitely need to be looking out for uh, Headlopper number one, uh, Mr. Andrew McLean's uh, Creator and work is coming out now in a monthly comic form, and uh, I ordered the Raphael Grampa cover because I can't get enough of Raphael Grampa's work. Um, so that's uh, off the hook. And also, uh, our, our our friends, uh, Mr. Rick Remender and uh, Mr. Sean Murphy, uh, putting out the Tokyo Ghost issue number one, fifty percent off through Discount Comic Book Service at buck seventy five. Is that is that also from Image? That is also from Image, okay, yes, sir. Okay. The uh, the third trade paperback of Deadly Class, uh, which, uh, again, Mr. Remender, this time paired up with the fantastic artwork of Mr. Wes Craig. Uh, volume 3, The Snake Pit, has uh, been solicited. And reading that in issues, I can definitely tell folks that you did a great arc. 
Um, and that is only eight ninety nine through discount comic book service. Wow. One of my uh, personal gems of the month that I'm, I'm super giddy to see is uh, Absolute Proof Hardcover Volume 1. Uh, Proof was the first time I was ever exposed to Riley Rossmo's art. That's and, my boy. Yeah. And it was uh, a story where essentially Bigfoot, uh, Mr. Proofrock, joins a government organization uh, with a human partner, and they investigate um, strange f- phenomenon from like the Loch Ness Monster and Chupacabra and all that sort of thing. It was a l- really a lot of fun series. And there hasn't been in print for some time, so they're putting out this nice oversized collection of it, which uh, I'm thrilled to see. And it's $29.99 cover price, but at Discount Comic Book Service, you only pay $14.99. So it's pretty much off the chain. But anyway, you can find them at dcbservice.com. Uh, again, they, they are amazing. Their customer service is second to none. Uh, I get my books weekly, and they come in a uh, an awesome package where nothing I have been ordering from them for I think nine years now and I cannot honestly recall any order that ever had uh, a problem whether it be missing an item or any kind of damage they're just they're the best absolutely the best so um, we're not only they're not only sponsors but we are proud customers as well so Indeed. check them out check awesome. them out yes sir so speaking of previews I think we have a lot we have some we have some fun things this episode. We're going to switch it up a little bit. But uh, but before we get into some of these fun things that are going to be a little different than normal, um, Scotty, uh, we asked you to come on to fill, fill uh, Vince's very large shoes. But it actually lines up timing-wise, not that we planned it this way, because uh, there's a certain crazy creator-owned comic book character gracing the cover of this month's previews, if I'm not mistaken. This is true. It is, uh, it's my first creator-owned book at Image called I Hate Fairyland uh, with my girl Gert, Gertrude, yeah. uh, on the cover of uh, this month's previews. Um, because the book comes out in October, so they gave me, they gave me the 15 years in comics. And I got the cover of previews of like previews to be like an art book for me back. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like back before the internet was a thing, right? Like it was just like this big fat book with like tons of art and covers. And, you know, so it was like just, you know, for a, for a poor kid who couldn't go and, and find really big, cool art books. It was, uh, it was a cheap way to collect a bunch of art from a lot of artists. Um, so yeah, to uh, to be on the cover is one of those really cool, uh, you know, throwback things for me. That you know, I'm sure I don't know if uh, people coming up today would quite maybe feel the same. I don't know, you know, but because you know the, w- their way of ordering comics and, and knowing how comics are distributed are way, a little different. Mm-hmm. But for for me, who has like always looked forward to that big fat catalog every month, man, it's it's pretty cool to see my first uh, my first image book um, on the cover there. It's you can tell it's a big deal because Scotty posted a picture of himself with the cover, and he is not wearing a hat. <laughs> That's true. I noticed that. Got a buzz going too. A little buzz cut. Working. Yeah, I usually it's it's. Fun. I mean, I usually have my hair buzzed, but pe- most people don't know because I I do wear a hat a lot. But yeah, I just got home from work, and me and my son were sitting, and he was showing me all the. He he went to the comic shop today and picked this up for him. And he picked himself out some things, and he was showing me all his. Uh, he got about ten Mad magazines from the seventies. Nice, six, 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 about sixty nine to 
up through the 70s he got some so he was showing me all those and then he was like and we got this and he showed me the previews so i was like oh i gotta take a picture of it real quick you know so <laughs> i don't i usually not just like chilling lounging around my house in my hat so i had to i had to rock it and show people that while the while the hairline doesn't look quite as as uh, tight as it used to when i was a little younger <laughs> there, there's still there's still a little bit up on top you got a little something working more than there's more a, than david not got that's <laughs> true yes yeah, so thank you for that Although David, you went high and tight recently too. And I, I like did, it. and actually, I'm going to um, have to work on Friday. I'm going to uh, stop on my new girl Kara and and um, oh snap and yeah and, and get a touch up because it is it's it's it does not t- what I have left does not take long to actually grow out, and then it just <laughs> when it looks ridiculous. So yeah, it's it's time to get uh, get a little shape up. Word, nice, word. tight and right. Yes. So, Scotty, you must be overjoyed, man. This book is uh, finally coming. Dude, it is so cool, man. Like, it's uh, – after doing comics for so many years, you get just – you know, you, and I've been, you know, I've been at Marvel since 2001. So, mm-hmm. just, I've been doing it for so long that you just kind of get used to it, you know? And I yep. know that it's probably not – I don't know if people like to hear that, but you do. You just kind of get used to it. You you stop remembering what days your comics come out, let alone what, what day they're solicited um, because you're busy making them, right? You're just kind of like the, the donuts are getting made and you don't you, – you kind of to a degree stop noticing that people buy the donuts um, and because you're, you're busy in there making them. But for, for this one, it's, it's a whole different thing because I just made it up. You know, like this – like you know, months ago, this wasn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> You know, it didn't exist. It didn't come from anybody. It was just something that there was blank paper, and then uh, now it exists. You know, and and so to see a previous catalog come out today, where people can start ordering something that was you know originated from me, it is such a cool, different, exciting experience that I'm used to with comics. So it's like about this time in my career is exactly what I think I need to like get that recharge and feel like a kid again and be like, you know, nervous. And, you know, I, I literally am like nervous for the first mm-hmm. time. You know, like, the, you know, because I, you know, work when you work for, when you, when you have comics come out through Marvel, there's a little bit of nervousness, but I mean, Marvel's a pretty big shield, you know, yeah. like, and you know, when you work on the characters, you know, Oz, Oz is a pretty big shield. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's a hundred year old book. I mean, it doesn't get much more, you don't get much more protected than a classic, you know. Um, you Rocket Raccoon, you know, just ha- like I wrote a book that happened to be released the same week that like <laughs> the, the the biggest Marvel movie of the year hit, you know, and it was so there was just a lot. There's a lot of protection there that kind of eases that that anxiety that you might have on like you know, will people like this? Will this keep going? And here I am. I'm kind of like I'm bearing it, right? I'm out there. It's like. It's kind of like you're walking out, like, "Hey, this is my dad bod. What do you guys think?" You know, like, "What's up?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I have in the dream. So I have a couple of questions, but and and we'll have you on once the issue is actually all in our hands, and if we'd like, like to talk about. It. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the um, <laughs> the you mentioned how it's how well the Oz books are a pretty big shield, but and I never asked this when when the Oz books were coming out, but was there and I mean, and, and and around comics was so long ago when you were on it. But do was there any nervousness when it 
came time to to put those books out and and your name was attached to something that's a century old and and um it was there was a little bit it's interesting that you brought up around comics as i remember i was on around comics when i announced that that would be my next project that was that's crazy um yeah there was a little bit but not not as much because it was such an odd project to be doing at marvel comics in 2008 like or I worked on it in 2008, and I think it started in 2009. I forget the, the release dates. But um, it was such an odd comic to be coming out at that time, and I was very aware of that. So coming going into it, I think because I figured that absolutely no one would buy it at <laughs> first. Because, I mean, 2008, you guys have – I mean, I, if everybody remembers, like, kids' comics were, like, a no-no. You know, like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- nobody bought kids' comics, or at least – the the direct market didn't seem to support kids comics a whole lot, you know. Um, Scholastic had started bone around that time, and, and you know, and and there was a lot of other things happening in the book market that were a little different. But like direct market comics at that time, it was it was very strange to kind of launch a kids book. So for me, I really thought I will do a book for a year, and nobody will buy it, and I'll then come back and I'll try to do an X Men book or whatever. But because of that, it took away that edge. It took away that nervousness and actually probably was the reason I was able to kind of make the kind of book that I made with Eric on there, you know, which was kind of just kind of be like, let's just let's make this thing crazy and really just act like nobody's watching. You know, it's like it's like what happens, you know, when your kid doesn't think that you're watching Uh and they're Mm -hmm. just running around the room pretending and they're in their own little. Yeah, just absolutely off off the chain, and, and you're just watching. And there's something special about that level of imagination that happens when you don't think anybody will see it. Yep. Um, and that's really what I experienced at the beginning of Oz. And because that went so well, I was able to kind of – I think Eric and I were both able to maintain that over the course of the next you know, five and a half, six years that we worked on it. Because when we, when, we, when we went away and we didn't think anybody was watching and we uh, – Got to and we and it was received so well. We were like, "Sweet, let's keep pretending like this." You know, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now, then, the the title is "I Hate Fairyland." Is is anything about this book stem from? Uh, how long have you had this idea? Is it from Oz? Is it just you know you had to get some demons out? Was it? I'm curious <laughs> to know why you went from something like Oz to something called "I Hate Fairyland." It's well. It's funny because I did come up with this while I was working on Oz, but not because I was frustrated with Oz. Because Oz was like, it was was like gravy, man. Like working on that was like I was the I may have been the most spoiled, you know, freelancer at a at a major publisher that 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 there could be. Like, um, I obviously came up with it in a way because I love that material. Like. I love the worlds of imagination and things like that. Like when Wreck-It Ralph came out, I thought that was an amazing movie, right? Like I love Alice in Wonderland. I love Wizard of Oz. I love all those kind of stories, never-ending story, things like that. So when it came time for me to start like what's going to be my first book that I really want to lean into and develop, it instantly kind of leaned in that direction. Um, and at first was uh, – the very first incarnation of it was a, was a guy and he was like – he was actually like 40. Um, he was just like a big, bulky, you know, grumpy dude. Um, and so that was the first version of it was that. Like basically like Oz or Alice in Wonderland except with like Lobo in it, you know. Um, so that was kind of my first version. 
um, and then you know just over time and me thinking about it and really thinking like what made sense and what what worked as a little story a little bit better it ended up you know you know coming to what it was now but I think really what it came down to was I love drawing that material, but I also am in love with Henri characters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it's as much as me uh, doing a commentary on me not liking that stuff as much as it is on me loving this type of character. I like, I like a character where you can, you know, kind of just just work out all types of demons of frustrations right like um but i think the fairyland thing came more from me the i hate part or the kind of like the character who's been stuck there for 40 years and like what it's like to maybe love uh, uh love children's things at one point and then at some other point grow to not like them mm-hmm. really just comes from like having a kid and having to watch the same shows over and over <laughs> and the same mo- you know it's like if i have to watch seinfeld's b movie one more time which one time of b movie is too much right it's a terrible movie oh it is a terrible movie I'm glad it's you terrible that. but for whatever reason my son was had like a 3 week kick on it and when you start seeing this, it's this bright, candy, saccharine, sweet material. Mm-hmm. And you watch that 30 times, you just start like, I'm a little mad. Like, I am actually going a little mad. And yes. then you start, th- you know, and so really it's kind of an exploration of that. Like, it's, it's Gert is a vessel for an adult who is tired and annoyed by all the things that uh, we, we probably once loved and adored. And, you know, there was a time where if you gave me, uh, you know, fun dip, you know, I would literally have three packets of fun dip and two of their Pepto-Bismol sticks eaten in, you know, 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And now I cannot imagine putting one single teaspoon of fun dip in my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it's kind of just like me exploring those kind of things in a funny way. So it's like my love of doing Oz but taking away all the sweetness and adding in the other stuff that I love, which is, you know, growing up reading uh, Trencher and, and Lobo right. and, and Tank Girl and, you know, the stuff that's just kind of ornery and funny and, and has a humorous slant and maybe some, yeah. sometimes mean. So it's really just a mixture of all those things. Very cool. And I know what you mean about being nervous, not to make you more nervous, but like, you know, you'll you'll know soon enough, right? Like the pre-orders will come in, and mm-hmm. you'll get a sense, right? And it's oh yeah. I mean, I'm expecting nothing but great success for it, but 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 I'm sure you know. And, and it's until you see the number, right? You're gonna you're gonna be nervous. Oh yeah, there's nothing about this, and you you all know you guys know me pretty well. Like I'm not a person who thinks you know. I don't think low of myself. I don't walk around being like, oh, I'm no good at this, or you know. Yeah, I I usually am like, yeah, no, no, this is cool. Everything's gonna work out. It's fun. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm confident that things will go fine, uh, but you can't help but be like, what if, what if this doesn't go well? Like, what if, what if I made the wrong choice in, uh, you know, having my first image book in a world of, you know, pretty adult material, uh, and pretty edgy kind of dark gritty stuff being, you know, literally, uh, pastel bright candy colors everywhere. And, a and a young girl, like hopefully you know, people will get past that and know that I am kind of doing a, a book aimed more at kind of, you know, teens and, and uh, uh, young adults and adults and just where we're all having fun and being a little mean spirited at times. But yeah, no, it's, it's super nerve wracking where you're like, 
I, like I, the previews just came out today, and I would give somebody a lot of money if I could just know the orders right now. Like if you could just <laughs> if you could just tell me the orders right now, I'd take care of you very well. <laughs> so um, nice. yeah, it's uh, but that kind of nervousness is exciting. Again, I haven't I haven't looked at um, this business like that in a, in a while. Like uh, to get that excited, where I'm like, all right, like let's let's. Like what do we what do we gotta do? Who we who are we gonna talk to? Who want, and not just because I want the book to sell well. Like I generally want people to be as excited to read it and get into it as I am, uh, because it, like if and when they do that, then we can keep not only keep this book going, but then like what's the next image title I'll do? What's the one after that? I just read like, my mind. Like I was gonna say. I mean, again, you're talk about how things are different. I mean, we've always had writer slash artists, right? I mean, that's always been a thing, but mm-hmm. I feel like. And maybe this is just my personal perception because I'm more aware of it. But it feels like we're we're in a pretty robust era for that, where it's just it's not at all uncommon for uh, a creator like yourself to to illustrate regularly, like either for yourself or for another writer. And right. then also write, right? I mean, like again, you're doing it, Kent's doing it, Lemire's doing it. I mean, Latour's yep. doing it. There's a million, a million guys are doing it now and doing yep. a great job of it. Not just guys, but but women too. So my question though is that. Um, Putting aside whatever happens with this book, do you envision writing for other artists, creator-owned books at Image or other places in the future? Oh yeah, for sure. Like mm-hmm. I have, it's really just going to be a matter of when I do it, um, and when I think like I think that like the first couple things that I want to come out from Image, I want to, I think I want at least my first two titles to be all me. Um, so obviously I fate fairyland and then, and then once I get that going, I might do, um, I have a, I an idea that, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I think I have another idea that's a little bit, um, you know, I have a couple ideas that could very easily just be five issue, you know, s- stories, uh, and be done with that. Um, and so I'd like to do a couple of those, but yeah, I definitely have projects, uh, that are a couple that are currently in the works. Uh, in development with other artists, I have a couple that I've thrown out there to a couple artists to see if they're interested. Um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, I have definitely a lot of stories I want to tell, and I think that um, I don't see any reason why uh, why I need to draw every single story that I do because I think there are stories that I do want to tell that my art doesn't necessarily fit on, you know, like, or the kind of art that I enjoy drawing the most doesn't necessarily fit all the stories I want to tell. So, uh, I have no problems like wanting to step out and collaborate with some of my, you know, awesome friends that are, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm blessed to have a lot of super, super talented friends. Um, so if I can con a few of those into uh, collaborating with me it'd be great. That's awesome. Hey, listen, uh, I have in honor of his being gloomy, I have a special t- guest who's going to say hello for the first time in our seven-year history. Oh, snap. I have oh, uh, my, my, my firstborn, my oldest son, Mr. Colin Wood. Say hi, Colin. Hi. Hey. hey. We have with us uh, Scotty Young is guesting tonight. And I, Scotty, uh, Colin, what was the last Marvel omnibus that you read uh, uh, that you just finished? Tell him. The Wizard of Oz. Oh, baller, baller, baller. <laughs> right. He's reading Infinity Gauntlet now, but uh, he just finished Oz. And, uh, and I almost killed him because he removed the dust jacket to read it, and then he handed it back to me without a dust jacket. And I'm like, no. where's the dust jacket? And he's like, what's a dust jacket? So I had to school you know him. What? Yeah. You know what? I hate dust jackets. Scotty hates dust jackets. So I does Vince. Hate them. <laughs> so does yeah. Vince, yeah. 
And Colin, what's the what what comic book series did you just read in in totality? From start to finish. Oh, The Walking Dead. What? Yep, he did. He's he's three trades ahead of me in The Walking That's Dead now. Damn. That's awesome. He read 25 volumes in 3 weeks. Jeez. It's crazy, right? No wonder you're out breaking your arm. You're out you're out trying to survive. <laughs> I know. All right, be gone with you. Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. Late Latro. See you in October. Mm-hmm. All right. He was very excited about that. Can you close the door, though, please? Thank you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. A little behind the scenes there. A little behind the scenes parenting right there. It's nice. funny. As you brought in as you brought in your son to be on there, I literally just got a text message that says uh, that Baxter, my five-and-a-half-year-old, has his first loose tooth upstairs. Oh, nice. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Dude, so let, we, me, we did- let me break it down for you. And, and I guess uh, spoilers to anyone that might be listening. I, I would imagine very few people listen to the show in the car with their kids. But if you're listening with your kids, hit the pause button. Spoilers, Scotty, with the, with the loose tooth dude. The, the uh-huh. tooth fairy dude. I don't know what it is, but I am, I am very, very good. I'm an organized person. I juggle 17 different things at once. I think I'm mm-hmm. excellent at compartmentalizing my time. But for some reason, dude, I cannot for the life of me ever remember to do the tooth fairy thing. And so <laughs> Colin, who was just on the air, he, he's, he's behind the – he's over the wall now on, the, on that situation. Right. But my, my other two sons are most certainly not. And Colin shares a room with my middle child, Jackson. And Jackson's still losing his teeth. And he just lost one like two days ago. And Beth, my wife, is like, I'm, yeah, I'm always up much later. She's like, all right, don't forget the tooth. I'm like, oh, I got it. It's, I'm, it's on point. I have like money sitting next to me on the couch. I'm ready. Of course, you know, I end up like dozing off, wake up at like one in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bed. I get up in the morning, I go to work, get a text from my wife. Did you remember the tooth? No. I'm like, oh, snap. So she's like, that's like the eighth tooth you haven't remembered in a row. So she always manages to like, like Mission Impossible style, like get it. Like switch just before he becomes conscious of the fact that it needs to be switched, but but it's a pain in the ass, dude. So you need some kind of system. Yeah, I'll get some sort of iPhone reminder or something. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do something. That's a good tip. Yeah. So uh, that's the parenting firsts. Exactly. We're not just talking comics, folks. That's no, right. This, this is life. This is real life. life. I'm about that life. Live it. Right. Although so, I uh, think I think what 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 Scotty Young's kids get for a, a, a tooth falling out maybe different than a David Price kid. <laughs> they're, or, or they're getting like Andrew Robinson original. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, it's like here's, here's some OA for you, kid. It's like, oh, here's a Mobius. Here's a Mobius. <laughs> Listen, let's not act like we're not on here with a dude that lives in some sort of space compound. <laughs> we've, we've seen the drone aerial shot of uh, oh absolutely of, yeah no of, i mean of, i'm of wood I'm, I'm the one asking for spare change here it's it's yeah. not a no i yeah let's not let's not get the when t-shirt. i showed when I, I was like hey casey check out uh check out wood spread uh she was like uh why are you showing me shots of uh screenshots of the shining <laughs> <laughs> of uh the, ho- the hotel that in is the hilarious <laughs> by the way i must say speaking of the arts uh i was not at san diego but san diego was very good to me from the arts department I oh, got. Right. Uh, well, I had pre-ordered three commissions. One of was one of them was supposed to be done at Heroes. Yep, but was not. <laughs> nope. But that artist swore to me on a blood oath that if I was cool <laughs> was that Kennedy? It, it was Kennedy. <laughs> <that's correct. laughs> but I must say that uh, I received yesterday 
the 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 a package from Jason Schachter at Essential Sequential, mm-hmm. which contained my Eric Canetti Psylocke commission, and uh, it is drop dead gorgeous. It's breathtaking. So yeah, he's great, man. He's, he's great. phenomenal. It was well yeah. worth the wait. It's killer. Um, I'll scan it. I was hoping to scan it tonight, but uh, but such is life. But I will scan it in the next few days. But yeah, so I, I, this, the Kennedy Sarlacc is off the chains. I also fulfilled a long-standing wish, which was to get a Nick Dragata uh, commission. Mm, nice. Um, so he did a killer domino for me, which is awesome. Cool. And uh, and one thing about that, I always send reference, and I actually have a thing against. Dom's um, like '90s style deal where she had the headgear. Oh, like that's yeah. that's not really my my shti. Mm. And I usually go out of my way to specifically request against that. And yeah. he put the headgear on her. But I must say, as a testament to how much Dragada is a kick-ass artist, I love what he did, even though the headgear's on it. So I could imagine that because he's really into like he's really into manga. Mm-hmm. So I could imagine like him being inspired by some of that business would make that pretty cool. Yeah, he did a great job. And then yeah, yeah. the third piece uh, was a uh, was a Daniel Warren Johnson uh, Taskmaster, which is killer. Ooh, yeah. And uh, it's 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 the Taskmaster chopping Captain America's head clean off. So, That's dope. Yeah, I yeah. got a um, I have a Daniel Warren Johnson Lobo, uh, and I uh, in Chicago this year I got a text from Kennedy, and he was like, "Hey, do you have time? Do you have room on your list for a piece?" I was like, well, what do you want? And he was like, you know, black, he, does, he collects Black Bolt pieces. Yes, yeah. And he was like, Can you, if you do, do you want to do a trade and do a Black Bolt? And I was like, I didn't really have time, but I was like, if he, he's going to trade, uh, somebody got bumped. So I was like, <laughs> because you know what I mean? Like, Eric getting an Eric piece, yeah, yes, no, like that's... Eric commission, that's tough. Like, yep. it is. And he's, he's amazing. And if this dude just texts me cold out of the blue and say, do you want to trade pieces? Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. So I got uh, an Atreyu from Neverending Story. From uh, it's Atreyu riding Artax's horse, like sinking in the s- swamps of sadness, and uh, Gamarg, the, the 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 wolf, is like big head in the back. It's just, I mean, it's Eric Kennedy, so you know it's amazing. Oh but, yeah, uh, I definitely definitely won out on that trade. <laughs> like, and you did a black def- bull for him. I did a black bull for him. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm at a convention. I can't rock him like Eric Kennedy. That, that's full. T- he's like a, he's like some sort of, uh, some sort of, he's, a anom- he's like some sort of, yeah, human anomaly. Yeah. And you know, the fun thing about art is that, uh, you know, you can just do whatever you want with it. Like, like I, at heroes, I started the thing where I got all four of the essential guys to do different characters from X, X force on the mm-hmm. uncanny X force, you know, the modern incarnation. And um, it wasn't like a big plan, but it went so well. Like all four pieces ended up so fantastic that mm-hmm. I'm now like now it's beca- now it's become a thing in my mind. So now I want all the rest of the sequential guys to do characters from that team, just because it like you know it just it, it feels right now to do that. So right. word. So um, we we could definitely talk some comics, but but one of the things we were riffing back and forth this week about was maybe doing. Um, just to switch it up a bit, a little, just a little free flow chats, uh, and maybe s- center it around some top five list type ideas. And uh, we all seem to to be uh, into that concept. So, um, so you know, I think we should uh, give that a whirl. We threw some ideas around, and um, 
I guess I'm not sure how much we each prepped for any individual idea <laughs> on this yeah. list. No, yeah, yeah. But um, one that we kind of came up with on the fly today, we all seem to think was great, and uh, I don't think we, it'll take much prep because it's kind of we know our own our own comic reading history. So the idea was um, top five comic works that we have never read. And we figured that this would drop some jaws on some folks because most people that have been listening to us for a long time presume that we have read most of the at least quote-unquote important stuff. And uh, look, the simple fact is even if you've been reading comics for 30 years and even if you have massive collections and even if you host a a podcast and read lots of books each week, there's going to be stuff that you just never quite got around to or – it's on your Regina pile or it's sitting on your shelf and you just never have had that chance to read it yet. And um, I know for me, I had a pretty easy time coming up with a bunch of things that I thought people would presume I've read and I haven't. So I thought that might be a fun one to start us off if we're both, if we're all up for it. I think we are. Um, I know that, see, it's weird because this might also play into um, stories that no, not not. not. I was going to say stories that that other people love that 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 you're not feeling. But if I didn't feel it, I, I would have had to have read it. So, um, things that I've never read is well, I um, th- this is just encompassing the whole line. I have I have a couple of trades. I have never read anything from America's Best Comics. Like that, Tom Tom Strong, like Tom Strong, like Promethea, like none of that, none of that. I have I have wow. a couple of Tom Strong <laughs> trades. I have a Promethea trade. Haven't read, never read top, no, top 10. ten. Haven't read Tom any Strong. of that. Oh wow. my lord, dude, you're Mike Drive are here. It's a Mike Drive. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know that. Don't worry, there'll be a lot of mic dropping. My <laughs> list, my list is strong. Like, <laughs> yeah, my list of unreads is now, strong. David, is, do you have a top five? Like, was that your number five, or is that are you just going around? That is no. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah, no. I'm no descending ascending order at all. Just as they come to me. That's that was that was the big one that that immediately popped into that my head. That is good. That's that's exactly what I was hoping. We. That's the kind of thing I'm hoping we get. Because right now there are hundreds of our listeners being like, "What? What the fuck?" Like they're out of their their their, their jaws are on the floor. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you up with something strong. I'm gonna save the the big. I'm gonna save my mic drop for last. Okay, good. but I think all these will surprise folks. Um, I have never read in- the Invisibles. Oh, me neither. Me neither. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> all right. You know what? You know what's funny is I didn't even know if that was. I didn't know. I knew that like people like that, but I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna add that to my list because <laughs> they're gonna point at me at a convention and be like, really, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's, a podcast? that's on, like if you were to look at like all those top ten comic series lists or top yep. twenty-five, it's always on those lists. Absolutely, and I own it. I own the the DC complete. Um, I don't. They don't call it absolute, but the, like the complete omnibus edition they just yeah, put out. Yeah, and um, a couple of years back, I have the whole thing. I, I have, I have that. I have it in trade. Um, I just, yeah, but you I, know what though? That one, that one's an interesting one because it's not as. That it's not been as evergreen, like bookstore level as a lot of the other. You know what I mean? As the quote unquote essentials, right? Like, yes. you know, 
like it's like every time you go into a bookstore or a comic book store, there's about 25 trades that you will never not see at any Barnes and Noble or comic <laughs> shop or you know whatever. Mm. But Invisibles, it's going to be that's a toss up, right? Like it's you may or may not see that. That's like a that's like a nerd deep cut. You know what I mean? Like for like <laughs> yeah. you got to be like that's comic book. Like that's definitely comic book that's people like, essential. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you enjoy Morrison's work? Look, yeah, well, I read the Invisible. None of us are going to say Watchmen, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. none of us, put it this way. No, nobody, no, none of us better say Watchmen or I'm going to have to hang up. <laughs> well, I, well, I think that, I mean, I was mad old before I read about Watchmen. Okay. Like, I was like 30 when I read Watchmen. Okay. Like, right. So, like, seven years ago, I read it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> it took me seven years to read it. <laughs> well, all right. So, so do you want to? Do you? Uh, I mean, we all we all had the Invisibles, which is a good. But, but what's what, give me, give us another one, Scott? Okay, so let me ask you a quick rule. Does mm-hmm. this like? Can you have Tried started it? started something like maybe got an issue in, but you have it read like you know like if like there's a series. If people say, "Have you read?" you know, whatever, you usually say yes if you read it all, or you'll say no if you've read, like, I'll say no, I haven't read that if I read two issues, and there's 30. Well, there are no rules here. I, I will say that okay. in, in my case, I um, there are a few series that I actually put in our one of the other lists we had talked about is stuff that, like, is universally loved, but we're not vibing on. There sure. are a few that kind of fit into that for me there, where, like, I read, okay. yeah, same like, way. like, maybe a trade, if it's like a, like a you know, or like a couple issues, but it just, for some reason, didn't grab me. Like okay. I'll just throw one out there if we get to it. Like I, as like I, you know, I just don't vibe on Love and Rockets. Right. I, I've okay. read a few sporadic Love and Rockets stories though, so I, I didn't put it on this list. Yeah, but I, yeah, but no, yeah, nobody would, nobody's jaw would drop if you told them you didn't read Love and Rockets. Like it, no, again, right. That, but I'm saying, but I, so I, but I threw that like that would be more on a list of like things that everybody okay. loves, but me. But but it's there's okay. no rules, so go ahead, yeah. All right. Well, I'll probably have five, and then I'll have about forty-five honorable mentions. <laughs> um, All right. So, okay, so the first one I'll say, is, and yeah, these are in no order. I'm just going to pick them off the list. Um, this is from my actually my favorite novelist, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody who I've I've worked with. Oh, oh that's his name, Neil Gaiman. Yes, and I have read a, I've read some issues, and so, but Sandman, I've never read. I mean, I, I consider myself not to have read Sandman because I've only read like I have it, I don't think I've made it halfway through the first trade. Now that's not because when I started it I didn't enjoy it, but for whatever reason, whenever I do go to start it, my my head's not in that space. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, and for, so I'm like, wow, no, I'm not here tonight or whatever. And so I save it for another time. But for whatever reason, I just like I'm. I have no idea how this happened, but I completely missed Sandman. Like, I was not really aware of Sandman until way, at, way, way later. Like, mm-hmm. and because I got into comics a little bit later anyway, like in high school, I you know I wasn't like, but whatever reason, Sandman passed me by. I didn't know about it. I think that I will love it. Like everything that I hear about it makes me feel like I will love it. Um. But for whatever reason, I've not got past like half the first trade, and it's hard to believe because you know so many people. I mean, the, you you don't get much more definitive on the top. Like you could almost say top five comics lists on, and every site will have that somewhere in there. You know, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You chose that because I have read exactly one and a half trades of Sandman, so I didn't include it on my list. But to your point, though, I mean, I I have certainly. I feel as though I haven't read it, right? Because it's 
you're talking about like I don't know what, 12, 15 trays. Yeah, I'm, I'm, trays, I'm just starting it myself. There were four yeah, absolutes, it, so and that didn't include yeah, death. It, there was an absolute. So there's like five absolutes worth of material, and right. so yeah, I mean, in essence, I haven't read it either. And I feel like from what I hear, and even if you read the intro to the trade of the first volume, even reading the first volume is not really that indicative of what that series is. Like, you know, because DC characters still pop up in it at the beginning, like in that first trade. And it's definitely like it's not what it becomes later. Um, right. Or at least that's what I think. Uh, I forget who wrote the intro to it, but they kind of talk about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. Sandman's on my list because it, it, and that's one of the ones I feel bad because I, I like I said I know that I will like it and 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 uh, everybody that I know that I agree with usually on tastes likes it so I've somehow not dove into Sandman. Respect. All right, Dad, back to you. Oh man, uh, was thinking I still haven't uh, I still haven't read From Hell. I seem to be going down a whole Alan Moore thing. Yeah, I still that's on my that's on my list too, bro. Okay, <laughs> I want to, I want to, and I mean, and, and the same thing because it's I think it was all top shelf. I I also haven't read um uh the um well, I haven't read Bacchus, but there's uh there's an Eddie Campbell book that um well that was it that was no okay never mind go ahead go ahead Jason uh all right so you you guys got me there I have I have read from Hell uh, let's see um okay. I have here's here's an interesting one. I have never read a Neil Adams Batman book. Wow, really? So not even whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. Nothing. Wow. Never. I've never. As far as I know, I don't think I've ever read a comic that Neil Adams drew Batman in. Oh, Neil Adams! I thought you said Neil Gaiman. I'm sorry. No, Neil Adams. Wow. Yep. Well, I mean, Odyssey, I can understand, but I mean, even the older stuff, that's okay. Nope. All right. Nope. But I mean, see, I, can, I, I can see some of the images. They're iconic. I've definitely seen some of the line art, that, certainly in places, not, but I've never read, uh, that, never that read really, Neil Adams' Batman. That really doesn't surprise me because of you yeah. growing up being a Marvel zombie and, mm-hmm. and going back and reading some DC stuff. Not, not, because, well, did you read Hard Traveling Heroes? No. So okay, that that's just if it's like pre-crisis, I, I would not be surprised if you told me that you, you didn't read it. Yeah, no, that's true. A pre-crisis DC is a huge white space for me, even to this day. It's it's very little of it have I read. Yeah. All right, Scotty, what you got? I have. I will keep. I will keep in uh, Dap's theme and say that I have never read uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Damn! Wow, oh, that's a good thing Vince isn't here tonight. Oh, oh snap! Wow, that's strong. <laughs> I told you. I listen. My my list is Teflon, son. You got to remedy that with the quickness, son. Yes. Like a band aid. Right Damn. Off. Yeah, watch dude, I, on again, your list, isn't it? No, <laughs> no, but if you're like crisis on Earth. Oh, I don't even. There's. I haven't read that. Uh, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yeah, Snap. Uh, here's here's the thing with uh, I could Watchmen is not on my list, but I think if I did the math and I added up three other titles, it would equal Watchmen. <laughs> Seriously, it's it, my list is that bad. Nice. All right, yeah. that's strong. That's strong. All right, David, back to you. Oh man, yeah. I um. Wow. 
I wish I had more than like two hours prep for this. This was. Um, I, 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 I'm not kidding you. I was able to cobble the body list together about ten minutes before you texted me. That's how. Yeah, I. That's uh, how, but that's how strong my list is. <laughs> I jotted down like nine or ten things right off the top of my head that I knew that that I haven't read that people would be surprised by, or I thought they would be. Right. All right, what you surprised. got, Dad? Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna. All right, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to catch up. David, is Walking Dead on your list? Walking Dead. See now, now this is where it gets it, where we were fucking around with the rules because um, I read the first trade of Walking Dead, okay. so that was going to go under books that everybody, everybody loves loved, that know. I'm not feeling. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, there's going to be some 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 coincident indicators there, right? Um, all right. You know, so the, you, you know what though? The interesting thing with Walking Dead is if you've read the first trade, I'm going to give it to you. Because, because the Walking Dead, the nature of what that book is. You're right. You're right. Because of the nature of that book, it is just a continuing soap opera in a way, right? So, um, if you've read the first trade, you you have the essential heart of what that book is. I agree. You've, you've read it. Everything else is just about uh, you following new characters and old yep. characters and what happens. So, if you've read at least volume one, I, I will account that you've you've read Walking Dead. Another, right. okay. you know, another classic uh, that's, that's seeing coming to its end is Fables and. For a long time, people would ask about Fables, and I would always say that uh, – well, I'm not the only one. Many people would say, listen, if you want to give Fables a try, read the first two trades because the first trade I, I liked, but it was – it definitely had a little bit of different vibe. He was finding his way, and yeah. I think the second trade is where it really picks up and then maintains that consistency for years. For sure. Whereas I'm with you. I know that the first – I mean the, the, the big conceit with the first volume of Walking Dead that's different than the rest of it, right, is you you had uh, – you had you – had, uh, you had Tony on, on the book doing the art, yes, and then, sure. And then, and then Charlie Adler takes over from there. So that's a pretty big changeover. But I'm with you. I think that that first volume of The Walking Dead is essentially what every volume's like, really. I yeah, mean, yeah. There's no. It's it's not like like if you only read the first trade of Preacher, like you haven't read Preacher, right? right. Like you have to make it through that, like, or Why to, the Last Man, or yeah, right. Exactly. You have to make it through that. But Walking Dead, at least right now. Because, and that's not to say that it's not enjoyable. It's just meaning like the concept, the general conceit of what that book is and the story. It's pretty much it's it's nailed so strongly in the first run in the first volume that that's what that's the book. You know, agree completely. Okay, um, I will say then uh, the authority. I've, I've I oh, want to I want to, but I've still not read the authority. Oh wow. Me neither. Wow. <laughs> oh my lord. I am stunned. And this so goes back this, this goes back for years because when I said that to Chris ages ago, he was like, "Well, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas." So I mean, this this goes back a while and I still I I'm familiar with the characters of the team, but as far as and I love planetary I was gonna say I can't front. I mean, I just read Planetary what two or three years ago, but okay. But it mean, and I haven't read Planetary either. <gasps> oh, Dude, shit. you got to do that. That's seriously, so good. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll read overlook. Bullets, I hope. Um, almost all of it. Not. Okay. I haven't. I've read enough to say I've read it. Yes. Okay. All right. Wow, the authority. I didn't expect that, David. I assumed you had all that. Uh, all that. Uh, I want to, but no. Yeah. Uh, Wildstorm stuff covered. Okay. Wow. Damn, you guys are. I have a feeling you both got me beat on this category because <laughs> my stuff I thought was good, but this stuff's better. No, I knew I was going to be straight balling. On oh this yeah, yes. no, for reals. All right, well here's one then. Maybe this. I don't know. Maybe I, we'll see. I, I have. Uh, I have never read Ronan. Wow, I read most of it. Me neither. <laughs> oh shit! 
All right, I'll take a drink now. Scotty's I next. love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it because you guys are you guys are letting me get away with more on my list because yeah. you're saying ones that are on my list, so I don't have to burn those. And when I'm my glad time. we're doing this without Vince here because if I'm not mistaken, oh, that's Vince's. Would, yeah. Like, other than Dark Knight, that's his favorite Frank Miller stuff of In all In fact, time. Ronin was the first one I, I didn't even have to look. When you asked me the titles, I was like, what am I going to put on there? I didn't even have to Google like, uh, you know, like uh, essential comic book reading. Ronin was the first one I wrote down because I that's was like – That's the first one I put down. Yeah, for whatever reason, it, I have it. Here's the funny thing is most of the things that I'm saying I haven't read, I own them. Same like, here. Yeah, everything like, on my list I own. I own either the issues or the or a collected form. And what's weird about Ronin is um, it's the one absolute that I never buy. Like, I, like I'm always like I don't want that. And I don't know why. I like, would want it. Yeah. See, I I read. Um, I bought the one of the first trade collections at years ago, like when they were first started collecting them, and and it was a Barnes and Noble, and I picked it up, and it was missing the last few pages so i thought it ended where just frank was just like all right that's where it's ending and i'm like oh all right that's cool and i i found out you know years later that there was more to the story but it is i i have read most of ronan it's it's a book that i have digitally it's it's a book that um you know i i want to go back and revisit And there's going to be one that i'll probably mention that will floor jason that i own i bought from comiXology i have it i just still haven't read it but we'll get to it but yeah i i I am a a uh I like Ronin. It's I don't I don't probably put it as high as Vince does, but as far as the Frank Miller work, I really do enjoy it. Alright. Scotty. Um let me see what I'm gonna put up next. Um I have not read um I'm just gonna say both of these uh because I couldn't remember which one is the bigger one, because obviously I haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> but and it was so <laughs> I think they're both pretty pretty classic. But I have not read either Daredevil: Born Again or oh! Man, or, or Man Without Fear. Oh, oh I was afraid of that. Oh, I'm clutching oh! my right now, like Fred I'm, I'm going. I'm coming to see. I'm, I am I'm nauseous. <laughs> I can't. I real. I'm done. I have a feeling it might. I can't. I, I can't. For someone who is as, as who's been in comics for as long for for who read comics and now draws them and writes them for a living, who has not read, boy, I just I'm dumbfounded by someone. Dude, someone who has who goes who's who's a key part of the Marvel retreats was Dan, Dan Buckley and Axel Alonso on oh, Speed Dial. Man, I Dude, I but, think you just, I, if I think when this gets aired tomorrow, I think you're gonna. I think Marvel's gonna fire you. I'm I'm producing it. Let's that that's that's generous. That'll be ready tomorrow. But it's oh my lord. I mean, no, I when, when especially if someone who and and I mean I've had other people like Josh Flanagan, I believe. I don't know if he's read it or hasn't read it yet, but or um or Steve Steve Raker. I don't think he's read it yet. But when you have somebody who's been reading Raker comics since read- since before the eighties, if you've been reading comics since you know you were eight. And you still haven't read Daredevil: Born Again. I have no words. No, I can't. Now here's the here's an interesting here's an interesting thing about Daredevil. I a, I didn't start reading comics until Image launched around that time. So okay, 90, so it was a couple 90, years 90, after 90, it. Okay, ninety one or ninety two. Even though you're thirty, that's true. That that that's a big right. distinction because all, right. all of us, yes, Vince, I, David and I are all. I read it when it was coming out in issue. We were form. children of the eighties, right? So right. like so I was a, which which most consider. Right. One of the most seminal years in comics, at least modern comics. We all were like right there on point for that. Where you were not, so right. I'm thirty. Like I'm, I just turned thirty-seven in March, and then I am. I didn't start 
like buying comics on the reg till whatever 91 or 92 when Youngblood Wildcat when Image launched. I mean, I truly didn't even know like that Jim Lee did X-Men before Wildcats until after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. So I started off there. So, but interesting thing about Daredevil was in elementary school for Christmas one year, I got one, like back in the day, Marvel used to have those like, like kind of grab bag boxes of comics in the Christmas, in the Christmas catalog. Mm -hmm. It was basically just them getting rid of, I'm sure excess copies or whatever. Right. And so it's through random, you just order random. And I got one of those for Christmas and, and it, it was like Alf comics, GI Joe comics, just rant art, Planetary. like random. Yeah, basically anything that Marvel produced or published at the time. And one of them was Daredevil, and I can't remember what number it was, but it was like I, I want to say Daredevil was on the cover, laying in the grass. He was maybe been dead. Like Typhoid Mary threw him off a bridge or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it's a big issue. But that was kind of one of my first superhero comics I remember reading. But it was okay. so – I didn't understand it because I didn't understand how comics worked. Like there was just this number on the front. And it was a high number and everything. There seemed and to be oh, a lot I'm of – lost. I got to read yeah. the previous 238 issues. <laughs> right. So I really had <laughs> no idea what was going on. But anyway, that's my, uh, that's my history with Daredevil <laughs> and why I had uh, – Yeah, I've read the Bendis Maleev run. Uh, Have you read the Kevin it. Smith run? Yeah, I read that. Actually, that was probably my first uh, – the Joe Quesada stuff. Uh, that was my first like intro to Daredevil. So okay. when they launched the Dark – or when they launched Marvel Knights there at like – what was it, 96? Yeah. Like, 96, no, 90, he, no, 97. No, like 2000, oh. 2000, 2001? Yeah, because that was, that was uh, Heroes Are Born was around the, the 96 era. Yeah. Era, so. Was it that yeah. late? Well, yeah, because yeah, it was it, – Heroes, Heroes Reborn was uh, Marvel getting Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld back. Yeah, to do those those right. titles. Yeah, it was anyway. Yeah, around that time. So whenever they did that, that's when I got into Daredevil. So I read all that stuff, um, and then ninety nine is when uh, Kevin yes. Smith did Daredevil. So. Yeah, yep. So I read that stuff, and then was off for a little while, and then I went back and read all the Bendis Maleev trades. All right. So there all you right, go. That, that back to you, man. This is this is strong. Um, I have. Never read Ghost World. Okay, okay, that doesn't shock me. I mean, that that's a no. Weird. I don't think it would. That that that's yeah. your that's your freebie. Yeah, right, I haven't I haven't read that either. All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with some of the classic DC. Although this is post crisis, uh, I think it's post crisis. If it's not, I'm, I'm I apologize. But I have never read any of the Denny O'Neill, Dennis Cowan question stuff. That is that that is post crisis. That is that should be rectified. I I, I, I don't even know if it. I knew those existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, no. but I mean that definitely seems like one of those seminal Bronze Age runs that people always speak fondly of, and I just have no reference of it. I, again, I know the covers because I've seen the artwork oh, enough. Oh, the covers. Yeah, I mean, but, I, uh, I think yeah. you dig it. I, I think you would enjoy. it. I don't doubt it. I haven't avoided it. It's not like something. With most of this stuff, I haven't avoided it. I have, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like that. It just, just again, it's right. You know, you there's read thousands so many of hours in life, a day. There's only so many, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, Scotty. Let's see. You're like uh, Secret Wars. I never read Secret Wars. <laughs> you're like I'm writing one of the current Secret Wars. I never read anything I wrote and drew. Well, you know what's funny is I didn't add that to my list, but it is on my list. <laughs> oh my god, dude! So because I didn't write it, wait, you're writing a you're writing a Secret Wars tie-in book, and you haven't read the original Secret Wars. No. Damn, dude. Well, first of all, are, uh, has anybody read my Secret Wars tie-in book? 
Hello. I read it. Uh, we've, we've read every issue. Dude, I told uh, you. That. Oh, never mind. Why? It's not selling well? <laughs> no, it's selling, it's selling great. Oh, what are I'm you saying. Selling? What I'm saying is, if you've read my Secret Wars tie-in book, I, I think that you know it does not. I did not need to have read. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That is true. That is true. Um, so because it's not on my list, I'm not counting that. But I have not read that. Okay, okay I will say that I have never read. Uh, Jason's gonna. Jason's not gonna like me. Like all all things, all things are not gonna be good here. Oh, I have not read any. Well, I'll have a I'll have an amendment to this afterwards, but I have not read any Claremont Burn X Men. Oh my god! What, what is going on? <laughs> the world is melting around me. What? Okay, now here's oh my, my amendment. Here's my here's my amendment. Did they do Did they do a thing like a Hellfire Club thing at some point? Right? There was a Hellfire Club. Yeah. In okay. With the Wolverine in the sewer. So my amendment to that would be a few years back. Uh, I was asked, it's probably more than a few years now, but probably five, four or five years, I was asked to pitch uh, uh, a Hellfire Club um, <laughs> series, like a like a mini-series. Uh, and because of that, I went and grabbed some of you know that little run or whatever, Infern, I don't know if it was Infern, I don't know, something, some, a Hellfire Club. I, don't, I can't remember what it was. That's how well. Obviously, that's how much it sunk him. But oh, no. uh, so I, I, I glazed, I glazed over it. But I knew, I knew when I said that that Jason Ooh, was going to have a hard dude, time. I can't so. back that. I will. tell me so, again. You got to remember, like you have to remember that, like if it was before that time, everything for me, it was a have to go back and read it situation. Okay, oh, so, right. so then and, it, it, and if you got to, re- you got to remember. Okay. So living in, te- I lived in Tennessee. I lived in Bristol, Tennessee. Right. We had great comic book shops, but if I started at Image Days, so I started collecting all those books, right? Right. And at the same time, you had DC Death of Superman was going on. No doubt. Uh, Batman Nightfall was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Age of Apocalypse started at Marvel. Um, you know, so you had a lot of craziness popping off in comics in general. So I was so busy. At you know anywhere from ages you know you know fifteen sixteen and up, like just keeping up and maintaining, and you also got to remember that f- like there was no internet, <laughs> like there was no way to unless you had people that were older than you around all the time to like educate you on those things. There was really no way to know what was what. Like you're right, you're right. You know, and those comics were not cheap back then because Wizard made them expensive. So it's not you had to literally go pay more money. Um, you know, I'm just a poor kid. like I moved out on my own when I was the junior in high school, so I definitely couldn't afford to go Dude, buy old. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't afford to go buy old school comic books. No, that's uh, true. That's true. I guess uh, no, you're making sense. I just uh, you know, again, it's like you, like to me. That I, I just wouldn't be a comics fan if it wasn't for that, you know. And I'm sure everyone's got their own thing, whatever imprints in you. It's like, but but uh, the other thing too, I'm very conscious of doing this list is that uh, this last seven plus years of doing the show, right? Uh, in many ways, I've treated like a, getting a, a P, like a PhD in comics in the sense that I, I mean there was probably a hundred things that would be on people's must must have read list that I had not until at some point in the show. And that includes even, well, I mean, you know, Batman Year One I hadn't read until a few years ago, right? I hadn't, hadn't read, you know, 100 Bullets, hadn't read uh, uh, Cerebus, like lots of stuff that, that... Oh, yeah, that, dude, if you go back, if 
you go back to the year that I co-hosted on Around Comics, sure, and you and you were able to listen to those. While they all talked new comics, my segment every week was me telling you what comic book I read that everybody thought was hilarious that I hadn't read. Right. Like, yeah, I had read Watchmen, I read Preacher, I read, uh, I read, I read Why, I read One Hundred. I basically read mm-hmm. all books that you're supposed to read while on that show because I was so all of a sudden around people who knew like yeah yeah you know again I just I didn't come up around all that stuff it was so the the more that I'd find out like oh that was a thing okay I'll go back and read that and then be like whoa this is crazy or like when I read Watchmen I was like like I had read everything that had come from Watchmen so like going back to the origin like you could see why like why people like this yeah. But, at the sa- but at the same time, you're kind of like – it's almost like showing a kid today, like at a certain age, the, our, our, our Star Wars, where they're kind of like, you guys you guys love this? Like, you guys worship this thing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that's yeah, kind of no, my – I get you. I, it, 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 you're right. It's all about perspective. I, I just uh, – yeah. I, just, <laughs> I figured like that was just one of those things that, that, that somehow everybody ended up getting around to. Is is yeah. Dark Knight Returns or Batman Year One on your list? No, no, I definitely read those. Uh, Dark Dark Knight Returns. Um, that was an interesting one. I came by that. Like, I weirdly enough checked that out from my high school library. Oh, like, okay, yeah, I don't remember how. Like, I think I was doing a book report on comic books or something like that, and it was in the library, so I read it. But you know, it's funny when I read it, I did not know that it was a thing. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I read it. I read it. I read it very pure. It was a. It was a collection. It was the Batman book they had. I read it, and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" But I read it with no kind of no, no baggage. No. Yeah. No huge baggage. Nobody. Yeah. Thing. It's like when you when when you're 30 years old and you read Watchmen for the first time, it's almost impossible to read that thing from a from a neutral standpoint, right? Like because you're almost already looking for like what's wrong with it just to shut everybody up right like, that's true because you're up you know but so it's very tough where when i was i think i don't know 16 17 read dark knight returns like or eight maybe i was even older eight, i don't i can't remember but i read it checked out from the library and was it was completely pure so it was like it was a it, that was a super dope experience but i did read batman year one much later in life like i was much older when no, I. no you're that. right i mean one thing i'm always even to this day fascinated by is that there's a whole Generation and they're a couple years younger than you, so it's like the let's say like the early 30s and younger. That their main viewpoint on the X Men is the cartoon, like that, yeah. that's their intro to it. Their their yeah. their imprint of of the the way the character should look and act yeah. is that cartoon. And, and that to oh me, yeah, that's dude. like that's like Alien DNA. I'm like, wait, yeah, what? I'm like, that's not the X Men. Or but to oh, them dude, it is. If you, if you come up to me at a convention for the last 10 years and you and you say you want Cyclops. Like if Cyclops if Cyclops goes down on my list, it's it's the nine it's the nineties Cyclops. Jim Lee, yeah, right, it's the yeah. Jim Lee nineties Cyclops. The that's non-slim, Cyclops. yeah, no, it's not. But it's it's the the um, it's well, it's just like John Stewart is Green Lantern for so many people. They they don't know right. about anybody before. They they, they know Justice League Unlimited, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's you know, why is why is Green Lantern a white dude? And um, it's you know, I I definitely get it, which is why when someone's like, you know, I I want to introduce somebody to comics, and I really like Kingdom Come. Well, that's because you've read 
all these stories with Superman and Wonder Woman and Shazam. And so you get it just because it's pretty. You give yep. that to somebody. That's a heavy fucking book. No one's really, no yep. people going to read that and be like, so these are all what's with the restaurant. I don't know why, why are these people old? Why is Batman in armor? And you know, that that's not Christian Bale. I don't, it's so it, you do. Well, remember David, that's the first Batman I ever read. Kingdom come. Oh no. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> No, Dark Knight Returns. Sorry, I, I, when you said old, I oh no, right. that's no, that's that's um, that's still in the same. That's still the DC Batman. There, there there's no. It, it's not an Elseworlds. It's you, you. I think if someone were to read Dark Knight Returns, they'd get the sense that this is this is an older version of the Bruce Wayne that they're so used to seeing, whether it's in in movies or or anywhere else. Um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a complete. It, it's always a timing situation, and as I mean, if I've learned anything as a as a as a creator in this business, is that time like the time that someone enters this business is is crucial to remember, and and I mean for basically for for a career tip for me or and for anybody is to remember that um, just because you just because I started in two thousand one doesn't mean that somebody didn't discover me on uncanny x-force the baby cover you know which is true like somebody three years ago bought their first comic that had a baby cover on it and to them that's all i do right like sure even though i have 13 years before that or like when i got into comics and started to fall in love with joe mad and um you know and j scott campbell or umberto ramos i just named three people that basically were like you know like spawned from from arthur adams but Arthur yeah. Adams wasn't producing much when I got into comics. No, true. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had no idea of that connection until much later. When I got into comics, Arthur Adams had done like a couple issues of a Monkey Man O'Brien. Yep. yep. And that's it. So I just I just knew Arthur Adams is a guy who did just a few comic books. It wasn't until much later that I realized like, oh, this dude gave birth to like all my favorite people. Like yeah. or or like yeah. a Michael Golden. I, it's embarrassing how late in the game I discovered Michael we, Golden. Uh, a couple years back we actually got on a big tangential discussion it wasn't a top five with but it was kind of similar talking about creators that had actually done a lot less printed interior comic work than than their reputations would have you believe and you know adams is on there as was uh Storenko and mike zek and a bunch of other people but you know it's like guys that you hold out as legends and you know their, their style from a mile away and they had a, they're they're always on other creators of the next generation's list of ins- people that inspired them, but they really haven't done like a tremendous amount of comics. It, like if you wanted to, it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't take you long to read every Art Adams comic ever made. I mean, it wouldn't right. take you that long, you know? Yeah. So yeah. All right, Dad, back to you. Uh, are we at number five? Cause my, my last one's going to be a big one. If we're not, uh, I, I think, I, we're, at, I I think got, we're at number four. Yeah, we're at four. Cause I have two more. I had some also rants, but I have the two, two, two I've been saving. Okay. So the one that I have digitally that I still haven't read yet, but I keep meaning to is, uh, and we've had him on the show, Essex County. Oh, dude. I know. I know. Heart, I know, man. I know. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, in spite of there being 300 plus issues to choose from, I have oh, never man. read an issue of Hellblazer. Wow. I've, I've read never read a run of Hellblazer, but I've read some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. That's good. You've never read any Hellblazer at all? Uh, not that I can think of. I, I mean, he may yeah. have appeared in something, yeah, but I mean, as I, far I mean, as like never, an actual yeah. issue. 
I think I've like I remember looking through a few of the Sean Murphy issues because I had just met him at New York Comic Con and he had just gotten mm-hmm. that gig. But sure. I, I looked through the issues because I was digging his art, but I didn't sit and read them because I figured I didn't really know the character anyway. Has it really yeah. been that many issues? Three hundred? More than that, right? They ended they ended Hellblazer past three hundred, I think, right? I think it was that much. Wow. Yeah. Well, either way, yeah. So. <sighs> Okay, what am I going to throw up here on the list? I still got some doozies. Yeah, they, by the way, they, um, they ended it with issue three hundred. Wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't think it went that long. That's great. Yep. Um, I have not read any of uh, Simonson's Thor. Dude. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How the I have that. I, Does I, not I, compute. Oh my, oh my god. I seriously can't. Oh. <laughs> Literally oh. can't even. You guys are so glad you picked this topic. Oh, oh, this is gold. This is gold. Yeah, dude. Oh, my heart. Oh, listen, kids. Listen, kids. This is a lesson. <laughs> you can make it far in this business <laughs> if you don't know. <laughs> if you don't read what, what came oh, before. Oh my you. god. <laughs> um, again, again, <sighs> I again. I know. Like, here's again. Take a perspective. <sighs> when I got into comics, like Simonson's store wasn't. That wasn't the Thor, right? Damn. It came before that, and we shouldn't have had a young buck on this episode. <laughs> and if you like, so anytime around that time too, like, I can't. I don't remember what Simonson did after that much, um, right? And then it comes down to that thing again: exposure. Like, if if there if if he wasn't on the stands regularly in those in those years where I became kind of like the most you know, the crazy Wednesday warrior, then I just missed him, you know? And it wasn't until again later that I went back and got it. It was like, you know, like again, way older, much, much <laughs> like an adult adult <laughs> and being like, everybody talks about it. Simon the Thor. And then I get a collection. I'm like, Oh, this stuff's fantastic. Right. It is. Yeah. It's no, super you're, you're not wrong. Cause again, about context, it, the Simon the Thor started in 83. Yeah. I started reading comics in 84 Right. But again, that was back in the day when you'd go to the LCS and you'd been you'd been diving. Everything was like a buck. So yeah, yeah. So and, I mean, and, that was a case where, and I didn't have any other friends that read comics, but I remember buying Simonson's Thor off the shelf. And whether it was the the dude at the store or you know some other old timer that was enamored by the fact that there was a little kid in there buying comics off the rack, someone you know schooled you there. You know, someone would be like, "Oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta yeah. read that stuff that came before this." Because like, I think I started reading it right when like. Uh, I could be wrong, but my ma- my mind tells me that the first issue I bought off the rack of Thor was that that one with with Curse on the cover, and I, I just I seem to remember quickly being told like, oh, you know, Simonson on Thor is killer. You gotta you know you gotta go back and, and you know just literally go into the back issues and buy whatever twelve thirteen issues that came before that issue and yeah. and catching back up and reading it and like that's how I did everything. I mean that's how I caught up yeah. with X Men. That's how like I because because I I mean I remember X Factor was just getting started. You know, shortly after I was really getting into comics, I had a pull list, and so that got me to go back and start, you know, again buying all the old X Men issues. And you know, um, I mean, I probably paid a couple bucks each for them, but you know, I was I was buying Burn Claremont issues for two three bucks, which was a lot back then, but it was it was doable, you know. Nah, and, dude, uh, I was I was a straight image junkie, man. Like, if it had that eye on it, I was buying it. Like, I was just all over that stuff, man. Like, yeah. And again, yeah. and and again, shops at that point, man, they were. They were heavily invested in that shit, right? I mean, obviously oh, we had sure. a we had a crash because of that. So they weren't really anxious to like 
get me to go buy a, a dollar comic. You know what I mean? Like they wanted for me, sure, sure. they wanted me to subscribe to as many of these new joints as possible. And again, my, you know, you, you let your budget go where it goes. And, and at that time there's just nobody around to be like, Oh, you check out the store. Cause it, it, also if people don't remember like that time of Marvel, like I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about Marvel that much. Cause we had like, you had the clone saga going on. Oh, hell yeah. You had like, Ma- like Matt, like Marvel had bought or, or Malibu had bought Marvel or whatever happened. Happened. Yep. Like the weird, the weird Malibu Marvel mm-hmm. stuff was coming out, so it was like Juggernaut and the Externals or something. I don't. Oh, know. It was yeah, like yeah. it was a bizarre <laughs> time for Marvel comics. True, like, true. And, and I don't think the Age of Apocalypse quite had happened yet at that point. Um, but oh, Marvel true. was so weird that I was just like, I, I. That's why I was just like, I'm just gonna go with Image because everything was at, at a low number. I could get it. I understood it, you know. And I was like a mm-hmm. Spawn junkie. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Simonson store. That's a uh, that's a big one. Damn, wow, that's. Whew. All right, Tap. <sighs> All right, um, I have never read, and I don't know if I ever will. Uh, I've never read Mouse. Wow, <sighs> me neither. Oh it's on, my god, it's it's on my list. I have now. Oh. That's another. Ugh. That one I actually feel that one is there's no excuse. Like I have it. Yeah, you got to read that. Okay, you want me to? I'll tell you why. And I don't want. To, I don't want to take away from yours, Dap. And That's you can you, you can tell me why in, after this. But you know, I bought the day like I used to be a DVD buying junkie, right? Mm-hmm. They when they released Schindler's List on DVD, they they released it in this big crazy case. And it was like this super special edition and it had all this stuff and I bought it. And I have watched that movie zero times since I bought it. Now, I, mm-hmm. I watched the movie when it came out, right? This is a great movie. But there is never a time in my day where I feel that my head is in the space. No, I get you. Oh, no, it's a heavy for, movie. Yeah. yeah so, sure. And Mouse has always been the same thing for me. Like I have – I had it before, and I had I, I went ahead and bought the the annotated like hardcover, right? Like the the big annotated special edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time I'm, I always look at it, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. I just I can't get my head in the space to want to be feel that way, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's mine. So anyway, go ahead, David. No, it's it's I don't I don't own it. I I don't have I, I don't have it in any way, shape, or form. It's. It's a story I'm familiar with. It's not. Um, I I respect the 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 work involved and and the, the story Spiegelman wanted to tell and uh, how he presented it and you know with, with mice versus cats and and it it's it's probably something that should be read. It, it's something that is is uh, it, it's it's a story that it's one of the reasons why the medium exist so you can tell a story like this but it's not uh it's just not something that uh that i've ever wanted to read i'm not like totally surprised that because it it isn't like a feel-good thing that one would seek out to read um from an academic standpoint i'm a little surprised just because it seems like one of those titles that's on every top five list ever yeah yeah um but also spiegelman while it's not completely fair to say, essentially he was one and done in comics. I mean, again, I know that's not purely true, but but I just mean like he had mouse and it was drop the mic and that's what he's known for, and you know. So I I, I I'm not as surprised by that one as I am some of the others, frankly. Okay, I'm hella more surprised by the 
by the Simonson Thor and the X Men. Uh, for real, Mercy. I can't even. Uh, but <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, all right. Well, my last one. Um, uh, my last one is. Um, I don't know if it's going to be surprising now based on how this conversation's gone. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, I have never read a single uh, issue of Usagi Ojimbo. Oh, that's kind of surprising. I own the awesome, um, that big slipcase that came out a few years back, I think from Fantagraphics, or I think Fantagraphics, but that reprinted all the original stuff, and I own some other uh, trades of it. I own, like, probably half of the stuff, and I've always been my intention to have just to go on a big run and read it, but but I have never gotten around to it. It sits there on the shelf, and it never quite is the thing that I grab. When I'm looking for something new, it never quite is at the top of the list. So it uh, it's, that's yeah. interesting. I thought I thought you maybe you would have dove into that. I, look, I, I don't I don't think I, I I suspect I would love it. I mean, I'm I'm down with some anthrop- anthropomorphic stories and 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 Sakai is like beloved by everybody. Yeah, I think yourself included. So yeah, that I, that you know. dude is like you know we all spend a lot of time on Twitter and Facebook and blogs and everybody and there's just daily drama right and it's there's always something going on and somebody's offending people or being offended and or what you know what I mean there's just hustle and bustle every day and then you you talk to Stan Mm -hmm. and you realize like none of that is his world like right he's just this ball of happy Uh kind kindness and comic book making, and you're just like, I need to be this, like, yeah, like you know, you, you like, I don't envision that he wakes up in the morning going, "What's on Twitter today?" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did CBR say that made me mad? Right. You know, or things like that. It's just like, he's such a sweetheart. Uh, so much so that we were in Kansas City this past year at the convention, and for absolutely no reason at all. Stan Sakai comes up to behind me at my table uh, and says, just want to stop by and give you this. And it was a straight up Usagi Yojimbo watercolor. Oh my like, gosh. No reason whatsoever other than that's crazy. he's the kindest man on the planet. And, and so like, that's just an example of this, you know, like yeah. no reason whatsoever. He, 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 d- he had this and it wasn't just like, Oh, it's at his table. It was, for me, like he did it for me. Oh, uh, yeah, so Stan's one of those dudes, man. He's fantastic. Nice. All right. Well, I mean, it's like Scott, you took this one and ran, ran like a marathon with it. So I don't know if you have an, any more any. Well, here I'll just but... I'll just blaze off the last ones. On the <laughs> All right. list. I don't know if my heart can take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, probably, I'm not bleeding enough. There's probably way more. There's probably way more, but Whew. you guys, you guys have obviously. I'll just read the list real quick. They, so brother, they, they can't. I, I'm. I'm wondering they, they they can't comp a brother a Marvel Unlimited. What I want. Wait, wait, no. I what I, I want to hear. In the process of getting that set up, <laughs> I was going to say. Damn. I need. I what I want to hear, Scotty, is in a couple of months or, or, I don't know how many more cons you're doing this year or, or, I want to know if anybody who listens to this show, if you're at a convention and people are like, listen. <laughs> Here's like the first twelve issues of Simon's in store. Yeah, Just exactly. Catch I have it. o'clock, and uh, here is a. Uh, I need you to read this. Here's, yeah. I have it. Here's, here's born again. Here's here's you know just. 
Uh, you're like, I own you're like, the, the Bornegan. Like, Walt came up to my table and he gave me a page from the book. <laughs> I have those giant Daredevil omnibuses that have oh. it all. Like, I have it. Like, I have the best of intentions. Like, I really do. Um, all right. So I'm just going to blaze through my list real quick. Right, so he said Ronan, Planetary Mouse, Sandman, Dare- the Daredevils, Swamp Thing. Uh, I have not read uh, All Star Superman. <laughs> oh, mercy. <laughs> That's. Um, I own them. That's like newer than. Yeah, I own those. I haven't read them. Um, I haven't read Animal Man. That's all right. Um, (laughs) I thought that was. I didn't know how. I didn't know how out. You know what? I I haven't either. I haven't either. Yeah, I didn't know how big. I didn't know how big that one would be again. Kind of like the Invisibles, right? Um, uh, I haven't read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, I haven't read, and I haven't read Astro City. I've read, okay, I've now, read a couple of trades. I was going to say, Astro City falls back into that original part of the conversation where I read the first trade way long ago. Yeah. Right. And didn't dislike it by any means, but for some reason I've never gotten around to reading the rest. And that's definitely right. one of those series that I think is just universally beloved. Yeah, I have, I, I, I have the first trade right above my head right now. Yeah, I don't feel like anyone's actually read that has ever said, ah, it's not worth it. Like, they're all, Well, there's not, been many, there's not been many things that Kurt has written that I don't like. I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah. I... Busey's an interesting dude. I don't know if you've met him or know him at all. Like we we did have, a greater yeah. spotlight on him a few years back, and and he's he's definitely one of the modern dudes that doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he's had a crazy Hall of Fame caliber career, writing a ton of awesome superhero books, um, and and most of them have been excellent. Like they, they've yeah. been very good. I think so. I remember you guys doing that show. Yeah, and I, yeah. He's like, there's like, I think there's hand handful of guys, you know, artists and writers that you're always baffled why they're just not on the tips of everybody's tongues, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like artist wise, I'm I am still, I'm always baffled that everybody doesn't, uh, um, you know, just tear down buildings when Stuart Eminent is anywhere near it. You know, like yeah. yes, yes. I think he's one of the he's the best person that does what we do. Um, and I don't know. Maybe he's just so good that people can't quite comprehend it, or something. I don't. I don't know. But um, he's one of those dudes that I think should, you know, have lines around buildings uh, because he's he's that good every time. He's he a real does. cool dude. I, I had a nice conversation with him at Heroes. He and his wife, and mm-hmm. uh, I brought a page of his to sign as well. And we were chatting, and um, I, I made a comment to him about, you know, how nice it is, you know, how how he 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 seemingly can keep a regular schedule, and he really like. He it, it sparked something in him because he, he he we started talking about it and he said he really was was thought it was great to hear that because he gets frustrated sometimes that he feels there's a perception um, of him and other artists that they can't keep a monthly schedule mm-hmm. because of the way that uh, the publishers insist on putting comics out so frequently now that they often have artists alternate arcs now and yep. he said you know he in a lot of re- a lot of recent stuff has alternated arcs. Um, but not because he can't do a monthly book, but because they want the book to come out more than monthly. Right. Um, no, it's true. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I won't name any names, but there's more than one artist that, that, that I know of that is completely capable of doing, you know, 12 to 16 issues per year, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, aren't getting the chance to, because of this, the nature of, uh, you know, just of the amount of issues that they want to put out and everything. But yeah, right. Super. well, that was hella fun. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. I am a, uh, <laughs> and enlightening. 
That was yes. I, I hopefully there'll be lots of jaws on the floor on that one. That's why when you said when you when you hit me up with that topic today, I was like, "Ooh, you picked a good one" because I don't even have to try hard. <laughs> like like I said, when you hit that to me, I was like, "Fuck, man! I just got home from work. I haven't even I haven't even had time to to put a list together." But literally, while I just sat down and plugged my mic in, I was like, oh, "I could come up with this list easy." And and like I said, there's probably you you guys could probably just keep naming books, and I could tell you no. Yeah, you know? that's cray. That's fun though. It was fun. Oh man, do we want to do another list? Or you guys want to talk some comics? It's up to y'all. Has anybody been to the movies lately? Uh, well, yeah. Well, the big question, Scotty, have you seen Ant Man yet? I haven't. I'm seeing it. Um, I'm actually seeing it tomorrow night. All right. We'll see. Um, we'll see if, if, we'll if you guys. No, we'll see okay. Vince. Yeah, okay. we'll I was gonna say, if, I don't think Ant Man's the kind of movie that's really probably bent on spoilers. If you guys needed to talk about, nah. It. But I think one of the real joys of it is the number of Easter eggs. Yeah, okay. and I don't want to bust those Easter eggs out yeah, because no. that's that's uh like that's, okay, that's yeah cool yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it tomorrow night, so cool. You'll dig it. Cool. D- David loved it. I thought he would. I, I really enjoyed it. And and again, just to put some context behind my statement, I I liked it better than Avengers Age of Ultron. So uh the um this I I I saw it with um the minion who I saw Age um Days of Future Past with last year and he mm-hmm. and I went to see Age of Ultron earlier this year. Uh one of the new hourlies I have working for me and uh and Henry. So the four of us went, and I found out a few things as far as how they view the Marvel movies. And uh, this afternoon, after lunch, uh, Joe and Lawrence and I were uh, were kind of ranking the um, the movies. And I don't know if you want to go into another top five now. We want to go into comic books, talk about things we've read. But uh, I did kind of rank the, the Marvel movies and uh, and. I'm not sure where they they um, where they fit in with with all comic book movies, whether it's you know Lord of Edition or, or Dark Knight or anything like that. So it's it's just it's, and I'd be interested you know, after Scotty sees it where where it will um, where Land. it falls. Yeah, between the two phases. So well, if, far, if so. we do if we do the top Marvel movies and and uh, and then you hear my list, then you maybe you can guess on where it land. Okay. All right, cool. I mean, I, I'd probably make this list up on the fly, but I don't think it'd be mm-hmm. that difficult, so it's fine. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I have the list handy just because uh, I posted my, ch- my my children after we saw Ant Man and said where would it rank, and that got us all spouting out our lists. So, uh, so yeah. Well, I mean, how do you want to do it? You, you want to do five up to one, or you want to how do you want to do it? That uh, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, no, we can do um, we can do five to one. All right. Uh, number five for me. Is the first Iron Man movie okay? You want to give any context or just it's it's um based on uh, well it's 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 the one that kicked off the the cinematic universe. It, it's uh, it it was it kind of set the tone for where they were going, and not every not every Marvel movie may have. Hit the same, um, hit the same beats, but that was pretty much you know you you you, you kind of knew what you were getting. I mean, they they cast a real life Tony Stark in in the role, and and it just it really, um, and the reason it's number five, it wasn't always number five, but uh, the past few movies have have knocked it down to number five. I mean, it it has beat other. 
uh, newer movies and, and and a bunch of older ones. But no, that is that's that's the that for me that's currently uh, number five, and that will probably go down to six once Civil War comes out. Okay, Who's respect next? it. Go ahead, Scotty. Now you go you go ahead because this is gonna this is gonna be harder for me. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's see then. Um, I will. I will. See, yeah. Um, yep. It, okay. I'm going to go with uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. That's number. He's five. My number five. Okay. Um, I just. Uh, I, I thought it was. I, I love the, the the period piece nature of it. I there were tons of Easter eggs. I thought it was it was perfectly paced. Um. I have a patriotic bent in general, just coming from a military family. So definitely ate it up. And uh, it's probably the one other than the, the, the numbers one and two on that list that, uh, that I have watched the most uh, in terms of rewatching. So, yeah. All right. So do, let me ask you guys this. Does um, the, do the Blade movies count? No. Mm-mm. Oh, they don't? No. Okay. Nah, so. Okay. Oh, you're out, so, dude. Um, and now, are these Marvel Studio movies? Or yeah, yeah. yeah they, from, they was asking Marvel Studios. From, from, yeah. from Iron Man to... Okay, so no X-Men or Spideys. Correct, yeah. Nothing cool, that. Cool, 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 cool. That's okay, because they weren't... I don't think they were going to be in mine anyway. <laughs> um, I'm like one of the few people on the planet that doesn't like bow at the feet of Spider-Man 2 as the best superhero movie. I, I think it's like super bad well yeah because I had made a list of, of, of just in general my favorite comic book adapted movies right. um, which have some overlap to this but uh, but but I'm, I'm with you on what you just said okay now wait what's the first one Iron Man on or the or the remake of You're the going, Hulk on oh oh it's because um, no, that one that one kind of counts right the, the Ed uh, Norton the Edward Norton the Ed, Hulk Edward Norton does, does, does fit yeah. yeah they have that's yeah that's canon, canon. Yep. yeah okay um. All right. So let me, let me. I'm just doing a quick browse real quick. Okay. It shouldn't be on your list, by the way. Though, so <laughs> no, it be no, in the top five. It's, no, definitely it's not, not. But I was just looking at timelines real quick. Um. Okay. Um. So number number five for me then would be the first Iron Man. Okay. Um. Yeah. First Iron Man for me is number five. Cool. Uh, yeah. for me, number four is, uh, well, yeah, no, number four for me is, uh, is Ant-Man. It's, uh, it, it, it is not, I, I, it, it's not because it's just, it's, it's fresh and new. It's, it's, as I was breaking it down with, with the guys today, it just, um, it hit a, a sweet spot. I thought it was, um. It ties into what came before, as far as what what they've they've laid out in the cinematic universe. It sets things up for where where, where things can go from here. It's the first one that they kind of um, strayed that they're on the other side of the country now. It's it's a West Coast story. Uh, they um, I I thought they pretty much had everybody. I mean, there were. I'm not reviewing the movie right now. They're they're. they're there were some flaws it may may have you know things may not have, have uh went as smooth as as if you were just really 
looking to tear it apart, but uh, as far as where it, it fits in everything else Marvel Studios has produced, uh, it's it's right... It, it's on... It's at the top of my list, but it, it's not... Uh, it has it has knocked Iron Man down. All right, respect. Um, for me, number four is, is the first Iron Man. Uh, for many of the reasons that you articulated. I can still remember going to see that, and even though there had been Superman movies and a bunch of Batman movies and, you know, Blade movies and Daredevil movies and, you know, there had been plenty of superhero movies to that point. I just remember being in awe that, like, my characters, the characters I cared about the most and the the the, the that cinematic universe that, that I grew up as such a big part of my life was on the screen actually happening and just couldn't... Couldn't believe it, and, and I still think to this day that that uh, Downey Jr. is 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 one of the best casting jobs. Oh, absolutely! In in superhero movies ever, so no doubt. Um, yeah, that 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 uh, that definitely has to be in my top five. So it sits at number four. Nice word. Um, I will go with Iron Man three for my number four. Thank you. Um, I think no love. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I like it better than the first one. Okay. Uh, because I think, I, mean, I don't think either one of them had a. I think that most superhero movies suffer from really weak uh, villains. Yeah, villains. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, antagonists. So I think um, the first Iron Man. My big problem with that, while I thought Robert Downey Jr. was amazing, I thought Monger, yeah. just terrible. I just like I, can't I just that. I just thought that that whole I just did not care. I just, you know, the evil businessman who gets in a robot. I just like it. None of it, none of it worked. That part left me cold. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you think of, of Ant Man. <laughs> that regard. Well, I think the tone, though. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine the tone being a little. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. That'll be like. Is that what that movie's about for me? Probably not. You know. Because right, right. um, I could, you know, I could argue the same thing later on something else. But for me, Iron Man three. I mean, I don't think the villain was. Great, but I think just the Shane Black of it all, like just the tone of that movie, made mm-hmm. me okay with with whatever it was. You know, it was just uh, just the kind of the tone of that whole story. I, I really dug. Um, it, it, I, I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's funny because I know that David is aligned with you there. I that's the that's one of the films where I had it definitely has some of my favorite moments ever in Marvel movies, but it also has. Far and away, some of my least favorite moments. Like that's there's the one definitely where I, some. Yeah, I, I want to high five folks, and then I want to punch people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen, I mean, if I'm being honest, if I just went down the, if I went down the line with all the Marvel movies, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to have equal amount of really big problems with them. I mean, You're right. th- then, okay. then I do. I'm almost with all of them. So this is me being like, well, yeah, if I, no, have, I get you. Know, <laughs> and by the way, I, I think it's. A, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I have genuinely enjoyed every one of them, without um, a doubt. Yeah. There's never been a time I haven't been giddy to see them and then come out with a big smile on my face. So this is sure. this is picking amongst one's children, I guess, in in some sure. sense. But uh, sure. but I'm I, with you. I, I don't think any like there none of them I've ever thought were perfect films. Yeah. Like again, and I, what I mean by that, and I may never be, maybe because I'm an adult. Um, none of these have ever made me have that feeling that I had when I first saw Star Wars or something like that. Which again is probably because I'm not a kid anymore. But but sure. uh, but there definitely is. Uh, so there's definitely flaws, and I think there is a, a little issue with the formulaic nature of them. 
um, sure. at this yeah. point because you you can there, just like there was, there was a Marvel method and a Marvel bullpen. There, there's a Marvel method to making these films, and and, and why, yeah. why why break it right when whenever one of your films does a billion dollars, you should switch it up. But but uh, but anyway, I don't want to get too far on the tangent. Uh, number three for me is the Marvel's The Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Uh, it, it's what everything was leading to as far as phase one goes. Uh, it is the, the first time pretty much we get to see uh, so many of our heroes sharing the screen uh, in such a huge spectacle. Um, and I mean, it was... For me, it was perfect in the sense that Loki is the reason why all these heroes got together, just like the comics. Uh, it was, um, yeah, I thought, I thought Ruffalo made a fantastic uh, banner. I, I, I like him. I think more than Norton. I thought Norton did a fine job, but I like um, Mark Ruffalo's version of of Bruce Banner. Um, pretty much, you had everybody. With with a decent amount of screen time, we got. I mean, Hawkeye. We only seen Hawkeye before for like three minutes in Thor: The Mighty Avenger. We we've seen Black Widow and Iron Man two, um, and Captain America and Iron Man and Thor have all had movies. So I mean, we're we're, we're used to them. But uh, it was it it was a pretty big heavy deal, and and uh, you know we. As far as the movies go, we lost Coulson, which was a pretty big turning point as far as, you know, the sacrifice that, that really put things in motion. But it was, uh, I thought it was, a, it, was, it was a pretty strong movie. And there's still, you know, I'll I'll leave it on if it's on TV. I'll just, you know, I, I, I don't care what else is on. And I just, and I always have to watch either Thor smash Loki on the floor and turn around and say puny God. Or I have to see <laughs> Thor sucker punch uh, the Hulk sucker punch Thor and just knock him off the the top of the beast. And when they get laid in Grand Central, it's just it, there are so many really cool fanboy moments for me in in Avengers. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, my third is Captain America: Winter Soldier. Nice. Um, I love that film. Uh, I actually think it's one of the few Marvel films that avoid the issue that Scotty raised about the about the uh, the big bad not being very big or bad, uh, and I think they do that by essentially not having a big bad. Mm. You know, the big bad is Hydra. Yeah, it's it's a conspiracy, and and I think that works really well. Uh, and then as a result, you get this antagonist in the Winter Soldier who I think was really well cast and a badass in his own right, but he's not put in the position of having to be this big bad that, that seems insurmountable. Um, so I just thought from a, a storytelling standpoint, it was one of the strongest, if not the strongest of the Marvel films in that regard. I also, of course, being a huge Falcon fan uh, to, yeah. to see Sam Wilson on screen was great. And I thought they had great chemistry, uh, together. And then again, um, being, uh, I guess like, like, like 90% of, of, heterosexual men in the world, Scarlett Johansson can do no wrong for me. So seeing her prominently featured as well alongside Sam and, and, uh, and Chris Evans just was, was awesome. So I just, I love that film. And, and again, that's one that I, I've watched a bunch of times since. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just, I, I, I find almost no flaws in, in that film. If you'd have, a, you'd have trouble convincing me that there's a problem with that movie. I'd agree with you. Uh, 
Word. My number three is Captain America First Avenger. Um, I just like the campy, nice. like kind of campy, cartoony nature of oh. it. Um, in a good way. Like it was, it's one of the ones that I feel like didn't take itself. Or it was the one of the first. Well, this one and what I'll say next is like there were ones that didn't take themselves as serious in a way. Mm-hmm as the other ones, as far as just heavy, yeah. the heavy nature of it all. I mean, I thought Redsicle was pretty crazy wacky and, you know, just the, 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 the old kind of throwback nature of it lent it, lent it to be a little bit, uh, lighter. I don't know. Just everything about that one was a little bit more what I like as far as just, uh, kind of light, light, fair and tone go. So, uh, and again, even though I don't think Red Skull was an amazing big bad, um, I don't think that he was – I think because of his kind of corny nature, kind of the campy nature of it all, it was fine. It felt like I was watching like you know, like an old cartoon a little bit, you know? Like, yes. Uh, like an old like Fleischer cartoon or something. So mm-hmm. it was uh, – yeah. So Captain America First Avengers, my number three. My man. Excellent. Uh, my number two is uh, Captain Market and Winter Soldier. Uh, pretty nice. much for for the reasons you uh, you said already, Jason, and it's uh, and because you did mention Scarlett Johansson, that's one of the reasons why I think Renee is such a fan of of the movie and is really looking forward to the Winter Soldier because any more screen time Natasha gets, I think Renee will be happy. Um, yeah, it was it it scratched a lot of itches. It was. You know, you could say it was a superhero movie. It was there was the espionage aspect of it. It was um, it it was just it. You may not have gotten a lot of Captain America wearing a mask, or a helmet, or what have you. He was mostly wearing the, that super soldier outfit, but it was still um, you knew it was Captain America. He still carried that that weight. He still commanded that presence, and it uh, it, it built on what came before it with the first Avenger as far as Arnim Zola coming back and it uh, it just really was a from start to finish well crafted story I felt and, and like you said the whole conspiracy aspect of it was uh, was a nice touch there was no no huge looming cosmic threat there wasn't uh, you know it, it was you're Captain America and, and you're having trouble. Why wouldn't you call the Avengers? Well, this isn't necessarily a problem the Avengers could fix. This was something that Cap had to fight from the inside out. And, and it, it just, it, it really was, it, it really did answer that, that question of, you know, if you live in a universe where there's so many other heroes, why wouldn't you always team up to beat it? And this wasn't something that, that took that much force. And, and it was, it, it was a smart movie. I, I, I really did appreciate that. It, that them coming at it from that angle. And you are making me hyped. I want to watch a Marvel movie marathon now. Seriously. Mm-hmm. All right. My number two is, uh, is guardians of the galaxy. Uh, just the, I think the first real risk that Marvel took, uh, in terms of breaking the formula, right. They, I mean, while again, we're comic geeks. We, we, uh, you don't get much more D list. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, shit's involved. Scotty's writ, writes one of the characters now, but or did. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it, it, these are our, our C list characters that uh, you know haven't really been in a ton of comics, especially as a unit. Um, came about through Abnett Landing, and, and well, again, I think a lot of comics fans, ourselves included, love that run. Um, the simple fact is, uh, 
Marvel canceled those books, even though you know they gave them a couple year run, but they didn't really ever sell that well. Um, so this was a big risk, right? It was a space opera, and it was funny, and was literally resplendent with characters that the average American had no idea who they were. Yeah. And and they also took a risk in uh, in, in in the choice of of casting uh, uh, Star Lord, right? I mean, he, yeah. he now now he's Mister Action Star. He's a new Harrison Ford, but but at the time he was a a pudgy sitcom star, right? And yeah. so um, I just uh, you know that was the film where although I knew I would come away liking it because I dug those characters. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if I came out saying, oh boy, they, they finally, this one's not going to sit well. And then I ended up doing, you know, it's, a, it's one of the 10 biggest films of all time. <laughs> like, you know, it's done over well over a billion dollars and it's been a huge hit globally. And uh, just, just, I think, you know, you mentioned Scotty that, that uh, you appreciated the first Captain America, how it didn't take itself all that seriously. And I think, you know, this is the pinnacle of that, right? They, they this is a, a movie that yeah. uh, they just had fun with it. They weren't afraid to just be silly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think we forget sometimes that, one of the reasons a lot of us fell in love with comics is that they can be silly and be whatever they want. I mean, sure. We, we remember fondly stuff like Watchmen or, or dark Knight, which are serious, but, but comics are fun and silly and stupid and they make you laugh and then smile and forget about like the real world. And escape. that's yeah. Guardians galaxy was like total escapist fun just from start to finish. So that's, yep. uh, that's my number two. My number two is, uh, the first Thor. All right. Nice. Was it just called Thor? Thor the Mighty Avenger. Oh, was it really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I really, I liked Thor again for kind of the same reason that I liked Cap. That it was just, um, it was just silly a little bit when it needed to be silly. And it was grand and big and, you know, just the nature of the fantasy elements of it all was really cool for me. And I will say that I think of all the Marvel movies, that was the one that got the villain right. Like, and I'm not saying got it right. Like it matched the comic. I'm saying that was the first one. Uh, maybe to, to, for me, still the only one that felt like the villain. I, I, I could almost sympathize with him at times. Oh, you understood, sure. you understood why hmm. he, he was pissed. Uh, I would and, agree and, with you. Best, best villain in Marvel movies so far. I, I think. Yeah. I, well, in in that movie, because I don't think that he was great in in Avengers. Avengers, I thought that I thought that all the great they had done with him in Thor seemed super out of place and weird and generic mustache twirler guy in Avengers. Um, you know, where in one one world he was you know bitter and it was a family drama and he was jealous and bit frustrated and and it kind of you know and and that all boiled over and then in, in Avengers he was like. Do you know why I want to lead you? Because you all want to be lead, led. You know, like it just—it just seemed like his goal. It, it, it felt right, falling right back into that kind of like, well, the villain has to be evil because villains are evil trap. Um, where I thought, you know, in Thor, I just liked the whole brother idea and the, you know, this—he's not my dad. Yeah, and, uh, just that whole, all the family stuff there, I thought was really cool. Um. Yeah, so I just thought it was fun. It was big and grand and silly and, and uh, you know, had some funny moments. And I thought, uh, you know, that was the first time where you're really seeing Chris Hemsworth. And he's you're just like, good Lord, this dude is made like he's like chiseled from some some kind of situation. That's not of this <laughs> plan. Some kind of way. Yeah, you're just like, good Lord. Like, you know, like you can't tell me when you when you go and he went and try, you know, when he walked out and picked up that hammer 
Right. Or try to try to pick up that hammer and you're just like, that's what a superhero looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We had, mm-hmm. I don't feel that we'd really yet seen, you know, everybody else had suits on and, you know, you always watch a guy with, you know, a, you know, once the actor gets in the suit, it's a whole different thing. But that dude walked out there in a straight sleeveless tee and picked up that hammer. And you're like, holy shit, that dude yeah, looks like lying. a straight up superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Thor's my hey, number kudos two. Kudos to Kenneth Branagh for depicting Asgard the way he did, you know, this grand place, but also was kind of quasi-technology driven yeah. and really positioning them as though they were more like an alien, uh, a, de- a super developed alien species than yeah, than sci-fi. Gods. Yeah, yeah it's really, it's really smart, you yeah. know, smart, a smart decision. Yeah. Um, they, and I'm assuming that was Branagh. It may have been a script or I'm, I'm sure lots of people were involved in that process, but I just, I credit it to Branagh since he's the one that brought, brought the well, whole thing. Well, well, I I don't know though because if you know, I mean, if they if they were in that movie, they started messing with the tesseract and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that that started to actually lead into the 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 galaxy Thanos stuff or whatever that we're leading to. Sure. So I, I would imagine that was a think tank move on Marvel's side. Again, this is I have no inside information on this. It's but if I had to sit back and just look at the the planning of it all, it seems like if they knew at some point they're heading towards you know, a Thanos situation or some sort of galaxy, you know, space situation. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like that was probably much more of a, a Marvel plan than maybe right. just the directors. No, I get you. I, I was, I was worried about, not really worried, but I, <laughs> I, I was waiting to see how they were going to portray Volstag because it, it, he, he did not look like the, uh, the balloonist, uh, bumbling, clumsy kind of guy that he is in the comics. Um, and I, I really have a hard time seeing the, the, um, the third Punisher dressed as, <laughs> as Volstagg, but, and the destroyer I thought was just phenomenal to, to, to see that come to life was just beautiful. Uh, my number one is, is Jason's number two. It's, it's gardens of the galaxy. Nice. Me. It, it just, it, it Hoody-hoo. absolutely ticks off every single, checkbox for me and and it it's um it's getting to the point now where i kind of judge people on where <laughs> how how they feel about the we were at dinner saturday night with a couple of friends and she says i didn't i didn't like guardians of the galaxy and i was just like, well, like I, yeah i seriously was and and so she turns to renee she's like you liked it and renee's like i'm i'm fighting the urge to take david and leave so we're oh, just uh, nice. she i mean and, and so much so that i mean we didn't watch it when we got home saturday night because it was late but we did watch it sunday afternoon just because it was nice. and it's it's it holds a special place for us because it's we didn't see it opening night. we saw it saturday morning the following day um <laughs> i almost had uh it, i came this close to having tears in my eyes seeing rocket on the screen like oh, that it was it was such a huge oh, emotional root. event for yeah, me man. Uh, yes, yeah, to see that happen to Groot, and then, and it, Renee knows how much the movie means to me that that we did watch it on on our anniversary last year. So it just it is a it is one of my it's if if we get to talking about just all time comic book movies, it, it's also the top of the list there. It just it it's a bunch of characters that um, it was also kind of like it to me. This is kind of where. Um, Phase two 
started for me because mm -hmm. it's with, with Iron Man. I mean, even my boss, when the first Iron Man movie came out, he's like, who the hell is Iron Man? You know, I mean, Iron, Tony Stark, Iron Man was not a character a lot of people knew. And this is the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, who the hell is the Star Prince? Oh, Star Lord. It's a code name. And it's, it's, these are just characters that nobody knows, but Marvel is going to do something with it. And, you know, you've had, we, we've seen people worried with Ant-Man because Edgar Wright, creative differences walked away from the movie he wasn't directing it oh the movie's gonna suck now i'm not gonna see ant-man because he left but peter gunn is somebody who also has a cult following and he kind of was able to do work within marvel's studios uh restrictions if you want to call them that and was still able to tell a fantastic movie it was it was enjoyed by so many people it was it 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 again sets things up for what else can come um and this is also you know in light of of the Ava DuVernay, who's, who, who left, decided to, to not take on the, the Black Panther movie. You know, there are creative differences, but you do have directors who can work within the system and, and tell a great story with, with characters that, uh, that you didn't know anything about. But it just, from start to finish, whether the soundtrack is fantastic, everybody does a great job knowing what they do. Um, it just, it brings so many feelings when, when I think about the movie, let alone watch it. So it is it, it is my all time. I don't know what the hell's gonna come close to, to knocking it off number one, but nothing anytime soon. Guardians two. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh well I can't I mean that's why it was my number two. It's it's amazing. My number one um is uh the original Avengers. Yeah. And uh I'm not gonna sit here and really defend this one as being the best film of these. Um but for me, this is the one that I was in the movie sitting there thinking to myself, like, not that I ever, not that we geeks these days need validation, but I remember just sitting thinking like, holy shit, it's actually happening. Like, yep. I'm seeing my favorite team from my favorite comic on the screen together, and they look real, and they're taking on a gigantic like a legitimately threatening thing, like a, a, an alien other dimensional invasion and they're fucking destroying Manhattan and they're all working as a team. And I just remember thinking like, I never ever would have thought we'd see this day. Like, because even again, we had lots of superhero movies, but they were often constrained by budget. So you got the one hero and you got, uh, you know, one or two villains, even the X-Men movies, which came before this, which were a team you know, you could tell that they were budget constrained, right? I mean, that's why they only had a couple X Men, and you rarely saw more than one or two on screen at the same time. And it's just, it just didn't even seem technologically possible. And now we have the whole fucking Avengers on screen, <laughs> like doing shit together. And I just, I, I, I just, those scenes will stick with me forever. And again, I'm not, I'm not even sure I would argue, even though it's my number one, that it's the best of all the films. But um, like from a, a critical eye, but just in terms of the. The, the, of being able to make me feel like a little kid again, which is so rare as you get older, this did it. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I walked out of that movie feeling like I was 30 feet tall, just being like, I, I, this, I, this actually happened. So, yeah, it has to be my number one. And I can't see it ever getting displaced because, again, it's it's so rare to have that kind of feeling, uh, that, that sense of giddiness that, uh, that, that comes along. So, Word. Awesome. All right, Scotty, finishes up. My number one is Ed Norton's Hulk. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, my number one is definitely Guardians as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was the first Marvel movie or comic book movie in general that I didn't feel like I was watching a comic book movie. Sure. Meaning, like I, and maybe it's just because you know the 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 characters weren't as big as as Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, but I think it was more so James Gunn's approach to it, um, just what he did with that and the ensemble cast. Like I feel like you know Avengers was obviously an ensemble, but to me it just did not feel as it didn't gel as well as these this cast did like i believed once i mean i believed that not only did this cast like could interact with each other but i believed when they didn't like each other and that when they did you know like they succeeded in changing my mind like at first when they're together it didn't feel like they're together because the movies told them to be together like it felt like you feel you felt when you watched you know again not in the same way but i mean like star wars like you never questioned when when Luke and Leia and Han and all those got together. Like the story brought them together. Right. When I watch Avengers, I'm like, well, yeah, they're together because you've been telling me they're going to be together for five years, you know. And now all these really famous actors now are all together, and, I, and it's cool. But I feel like I'm being I'm being manipulated a little bit as a viewer, and so it doesn't feel as genuine. I'm not feeling as genuine excitement as I was when I watched these actors come together through their own story. So it was kind of like the first true ensemble for me in the Marvel movies that really, really gelled for me. And of course, I mean, dude, I've been a Chris Pratt fan since Everwood. Like, <laughs> so didn't know he was in that. Yeah. Oh, that's his start, dude. And yeah. here's uh-huh. here's a little here's a little here's a funny thing. This shows you how funny Chris Pratt has to be in real life. Because when he started on Everwood, he was the straight bully. Like, he was the jock dickhead. Right. That beat up the main character. Like, so he was mean. But slowly, like, as soon as the first season was passed, like, they must have just given in because Chris Pratt's such a funny dude that he instantly becomes, like, they gradually just change him over. To mm-hmm. the funny do the funny doofus, so for the next r- the rest of the run of that show, he's genuinely funny on you know a CW show or a w- it was a WB back then. I yeah. think. Um, but yeah, he was young and he was just he was literally had the same kind of demeanor that he has in Parks and Rec, and he has in it was just it was him. He was just younger, right? But I mean, I just remember that day that they announced that Chris Pratt was. St- was cast and i remember people being like what like everybody like half the people were like this is awesome most people were like this doesn't make any sense like it it, it felt like people were reacting when remember remember back in the day when jack black was going to be green lantern Uh uh-huh oh yeah um so it was like but i thought i watched parks and rec and he is the gem of that show like he was by no means the star of that show i wouldn't even consider him he was, you know, at that time, he was, I mean, you wouldn't even. He wasn't even in the cast. He was a guest starring Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was down the list on it. But every time he was on screen, you love that dude. He's yep. hilarious. Yep. Uh, the only thing that had you baffled was like when they announced it, you're like, this dude weighs a lot of pounds. Yeah, he's like, work out. 
Yeah, but but it was just fine too because like, oh, cool, they're gonna go with a different, they're gonna go a different way with Star Lord. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Which, hey, and I'm not, I'm not dissing people. He he weighs about as much as I weigh now. So or he at the time, like the the big yeah, version yeah. of him, is about what I am now. So I'm definitely not speaking down. Uh, but I just thought like, whoa, that's gonna be an interesting role call for a superhero movie. Then the the what was it? Zero Dark Thirty was he? Oh he was yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So then I think everybody got a glimpse of like, oh, never mind. This dude just got diesel real fast, <laughs> um, you know, and he got all cut up. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I think they like Rocket and Groot, they just killed it. Like Groot looked amazing. The yeah. the relationship between the two, they nailed it. That could have been a real disaster, you know, um, that the, like a raccoon walking around with them. That could have been a real bad move, you know, like that could have been some Dobby from Harry Potter shit. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> And I love Harry Potter. I'm I know, Potter but junkie, yeah, but no, you know what I mean. Like that could have been rough. some real. That could have been some real bad news. Um, and the, I think the thing that I came away most from it with, and I think working on the book prior to the movie coming out, and not having any knowledge of the movie, I was glad that we kind of synced this up. But I loved how bright and colorful the movie was. Dude, when they're when they're getting to nowhere, it is so goddamn pretty. It, it's such yeah. a beautiful movie. Yeah, like every sci-fi movie we watch is usually blue and gray, gray yeah. and blue, or white. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all all silvers and grays and whites and blues. Very stark, it, right? Very sterile. Yeah. yeah, and this was like the exact Xandar opposite. Is like gorgeous. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're they're bright blue skin, bright red jackets. The 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 kind of the 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 atmosphere in space is very pinks and purples and blues and yellows and. I just thought like the colors of it were just fantastic. Um, I so for me, I thought the humor was great, the action was fun, everything about it was just a blast, and it made me feel like I was watching a fresh movie. It what I wasn't watching something that was expected or you know like oh well I've seen Iron Man in comics all year. Even though Guardians of the Galaxy was going, it still looked very different than the Guardians of the Galaxy comic that had been coming out up yeah. until that point. You know. Um, so yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy definitely my number number one. Yeah, kudos to James Gunn. That was it's yeah. I mean, and and just the rest of my list going from best to to least favorite: Avengers: Age of Ultron, Iron Man three, Thor: The Dark World, then Thor: The Mighty Avenger, then Captain America: The First Avenger, and that's that's primarily because it's a period piece, and I'm not a big World War II right. buff. Then Iron Man 2, then Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I really disliked the second Thor. Like, I liked it because it took place mostly in Asgard and, and away from Earth. Yeah. yeah I, I, that one frustrated me that I disliked it too because that's one of the few that I got to go to the Marvel premiere. Oh, okay. like like in New York, like the, you know, so the big, like the Marvel special screening for the Marvel red, people. Yeah, red carpet. Yeah, and, and um, God, I didn't like it. I didn't <laughs> like it. Like I was like, it felt real clunky. Like the end, you could tell there was some bizarre editing going on because that was the one too that they had to go back and do some reshoots on it. I think, um, and it felt it. You felt it a little bit. Um, I did not yeah. love it, uh, and I really wanted to like Age of Ultron more than I did. That's what I'm talking about, dog. Yeah, I really, I yeah, that that's the one. I, I mean, I, you know, you heard me on the show. I, 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 yeah. I, I was way more negative than I wanted to be on the show, but I had to keep it real. 
Um, I just, for me, I, I thought that was that's the one of of all the films that I that I came away disappointed in because I thought, gonna, ah, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't what I this isn't. And again, a, a movie's got to be what it is, um, and it's not fair to me to say well, it's not what I wanted. But I just came away seeing like, man, like I just had so I found myself nitpicking that one to, to no end. And uh, and again, I don't know if that's fair, but I just I couldn't help myself. Whereas the other well, ones, I, I let stuff slide. So I think because of the nature of just my job, I I've done a great job of not having expectations for any of these like mm-hmm. and so usually when i go in while i never like am completely in love i'm also never bothered because i didn't go in with that much ex- that many expectations because it's hard not to know what's coming and it's hard not to get you know what i mean so it's usually tempered a little bit and i just try not to get too excited so when i see them they're all cool um but the Aven- avengers age of ultron made for me they suckered me in with that goddamn Pinocchio song, <laughs> because I'm such a Pinocchio fan, like mm-hmm. I'm such a, an animation junkie, and so like they played that damn slow, creepy version of the Pinocchio song in the trailer. Yep. And I was like, "That's it. This movie's gonna be amazing." Like they they got me, um, and I was really surprised at how much I thought Ultron himself was gonna be like. Like this mega evil. Heart. I thought, wow, they're they're going to get the villain thing dead. They're going to do it this time, right? And I really thought that they did not. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I thought I was actually surprised at how uh, m- there was a, there was too much James Spader. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. It was way too much over characterization or something inside of that robot and the the way they animated his mouth i don't know there was a lot of extra bells and whistles that went on that turned me off a little bit with ultron that i didn't think i would i that i didn't think i'd feel but again that's probably me nitpicking or whatever but i blame it on them suckering me in with the the pinocchio song i i I know it's a flawed movie there are just things about it that you know again seeing the the team come back and and again dropping hints about other things They, they they mentioned wakanda and um there were just there were things about it that I, I really enjoyed, and I, I do. It's you know, it, it it it's like you saying, Jason, about Avengers not being the perfect movie, but it is still at the top of your list because I mean, this still uh, scratches enough of an itch for me where where I I enjoy it enough, um, no matter how how bad it. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the threads and 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 try to pull it apart, but the. Uh, yeah, no, it's no. I, I, I definitely, I, I see, I see both your points, and I, I, I'm not going to defend it as far as some great work, but it, yeah, it just, yeah. it, it, it hit all the the right spots for me. Where Scotty didn't like the the second Thor. I mean, for me, the straight up worst one of this uh, this grouping is uh, for me Iron Man two. I, yeah, I, yep. uh, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I just think it's a bad movie. Really, I mean, like in in all respects, and and. Um, and and the only saving grace of that movie is Robert Downey Jr. Like like I think, I mean I love I love me some Mickey Rourke and it's great that he had a bit of comeback. But I just thought it was like totally whack. Like the whiplash, like he could barely move. And yeah. and, uh, well, and Sam Rockwell. I, again, I like I Sam love, Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. I mean yep. he's a great actor. But I just thought again he's he just was he, he was less imposing than than Bridges was in the first movie. And that if that's possible. And um, and then the other thing is you know again love ScarJo as do most. Most men, but but I also love Black Widow, and I just I thought she was just. It could I, have been anybody. 
Yeah, I mean, she was completely forgettable in that role. And, and luckily, obviously, they, Marvel's more than made up for that by making her a, a, a massive part of, of, of many of the films since uh, and done a good job with that. But but in that one, I was like, man, this is what this is Black Widow, really? So, yeah, that, I mean, that uh, Avengers Eve Ultron is way better than that. It's just the one I think that's the one I was most disappointed in because I was probably so hyped for it. Whereas Iron Man 2, I just I, I, like that's one I, I straight up don't see myself watching again like i just don't i can't picture when i'm looking at my <laughs> dvds or i'm looking to download a movie or put something on netflix like that that i'm going to say oh i need to put that joint on yeah. like, listen jason listen jason we all know that when our fathers are wronged and we have a little scientific knowledge <laughs> the first thing that we do is make electrified robotic whips okay it's <laughs> true like that, that is, is how i'm go- like listen if i'm going to exact my revenge on the world I'm going to do it with completely practical weapons like whips. I like whips. Electrical, yeah. Like yeah. The, and, and Age of Ultron's biggest sin for me is is not having Thor say that one line from, from Busiek's Avengers and, and when he tears the wall down and, and faces Ultron. That, that I, I really hope that there's a deleted scene on, on disc where, where they actually did have that line. Ultron, we would have words with the. Um, it has to be in the script. Someone has actually had to have written that down, and for some reason, it's just it didn't make it into the movie because that that's practically unforgivable. I think Speaking from, of uh, of director's think, cuts. Not go ahead. No, go ahead, Scotty. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead, bud. No. Um, I was gonna, well, oh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, by all means, guess first. Guess first. <laughs> I was going to say, I think on, on the Avengers of Age of Ultron, um, I'm a massive Joss Whedon fan. Mm-hmm. As far as it goes with Buffy, like I've I've probably watched all seven seasons of Buffy. I, I mean, I honestly can't tell you how many times I've watched them through. Um, I will often just put on put them on while I work, and then I will reboot them and watch them over and over over the years. Mm-hmm. So I love the Whedon esque dialogue. Right, everybody knows it's you know J- J- Joss's dialogue, mm-hmm. um, and I think in things like Buffy, when you have a big cast of characters like that, and they all kind of share the same quips and share the same tone. It made sense because they were younger. Uh, you know, they start off in high school and go through yeah. college. And you know, when you're that age, you and your friends do that. Like yep. you and your crew often will end up basically being in sync with each other on the way you talk and the, and the, and the, the quips that you do, you know, all that kind of thing. But for me, when it, age of Ultron with all the heroes, like in their fights, it felt like they were all sharing the same tone all the time. Like, yes, and, and, and at times, I hate to say this, this is going to be sound really bad, but like having Thor make the same sort of you know sarcastic, quippy jokes in the middle of a fight as Iron Man did, or as Iron Man does, and it on down the line, it started to feel like. You know the same. You know you almost are stepping into slightly territory of like, like back credit card territory. You know where you're getting a little too, a little too aware of of the 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 one lighter punchlines. You know what I mean? Just over and over and over. And I'm I'm fine with it with most of the characters, but if all of them share that same voice, then it becomes a little less special. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in that one, that that one stuck out to a little bit for me. Right. No, I'm with you there for sure. Um, I was just going to say because David mentioned, uh, made a joke about the like a, a lost scene or a, or a director's cut. Um, 
Have you all heard anything about this uh, this rogue cut that's going around? Just uh, that it's the version that should have been shown in the theaters. That's all yeah, I heard. Yeah, so, so I, I got to get this. It's actually I on sale. So. You, you can buy it in the stores. I saw it. I was, I was at Target with the kids getting. Some is it actually cards. called is, the Rogue actually, Cut? Yeah. yeah, it's called the Rogue Cut, and it's so it's like on the, the on the cover they call it the Rogue Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, X Men: Days of Future Past, the Rogue Cut. It's like got a red cover. It's it's available for sale. Like it's, I know it was at Target. Well, so what did so. they cut her for? Do, like I don't I didn't follow that that much. Well, I don't know exactly. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I I, I mean I just kind of just started hearing about this, and then I thought, well, I mean I like the movie well enough, but but I I'd be down with. An even more improved version of the movie. So, um, so before we go, quick hits because I, I don't want to go. But but uh, I'm just going to throw what uh, just off the cuff best and worst X Men movie, and that you can include the Wolverines and all that. You can. We'd have to. Well, uh, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to even conclude the the wolf, the first Wolverine movie because it's so bad. It is. Um, what would that be? Your worst? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. You know what's funny is I think maybe the first time I was on Eleven O'clock Comics. I feel like I just came out of watching that movie. Oh, Origins Wolverine? I, yeah, I feel like I am almost certain. That, that was six came, years ago, so it's possible. Yeah, I think that's the first time I came on the show. Um, and I do remember feeling like, while I thought this movie was really bad, it was the closest movie to feeling like what most comic books probably read like. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about the big-time comics. I'm talking about a comic book that basically is just a character running around and meeting guest stars. Right. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like there really wasn't, there wasn't a thing. It was just like, let's have action scenes and guest stars, but okay. The worst X-Men movie for me, uh, I don't know. Like, I think the I think the first one is pretty bad. Like I know everybody likes. I know the Toad I know is horrible. Sabretooth is horrible. I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you, bro. Uh, I think the first one is I think the first one's bad and I gotta be honest with you Brian Singer to me is one of the most overrated like I can't figure it out directors I can't figure it out like like the Jack the Giant Slayer movie is so bad like uh, I thought I I, I just like when I heard like when I like I loved X-Men First Class and when I heard he was coming back I th- I was like, oh damn it! Like, I, just, I was you know, and then now after seeing these apocalypse images, I'm like, oh, I can't, dude. We can't, how, dude? How? I I've, I've been I've been waiting for Jason to. <laughs> I, I when when he first when he first posted a picture of of apocalypse, Psylocke, and Storm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling that apocalypse. He's like, wait, that that's not Archangel. I was just, I how in the world? Like, how in the world is it but possible? Yeah. That you have one of the dopest, like, in like dopest, recognizable Marvel villain designs illustrated, and then that is what you put out on screen. That's crazy. And Honestly. I get, I you know, it's I I'm you know, it, it'll look different in lighting. It's a publicity still, and we're not seeing anything in action. I'm sure they'll spice it up when the time comes. But I mean, if that's your first impression, it's like here's your first look of the of the X Men on on stage. I'm not I'm I'm not wowed. Well, they have the visual on the cover too, so it's like it's not like they're yeah, gonna CG, right. CG in the lips or anything. Like I don't know, man. I, like I've seen a couple, I've seen a couple people go in and do a photo, quick Photoshop job, where they just like they like they like buffed up the arms a little bit, yeah. and they didn't change. 
And they, then they went in and photoshopped in like the lip design. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there it is. Look how easy that was. Like yeah, there exactly. he is. You know, but man. So, but yeah, I will go back to X Men One as my least favorite because um, even even though I think Origins is terrible, uh, it still was. It, I think it was so f- stupid and aware of itself that I I'm kind of okay with that more than I was um, X Men One because okay. like the fact that they took Sabretooth and just turned him into such a like a dumb dog henchman like you know because at that like Sabretooth is like a hard motherfucker right like yeah. like I think they got him way more right in Origins even though I think yes. that movie's terrible yeah like you still felt like he had a purpose and he had a mind like the fact that he was just like a dumb mindless henchman yeah was was crazy. To there me. was no indication uh, that that there was a relationship between Creed and Logan in the first right. X Men movie and best. Uh, best X Men movie, yeah. Um, probably for me is um, uh, I, th- God, I think it's X Men Days of Future Pat, not Days of Future X Men X Men First Class, but I I actually really like the Wolverine. Me too. Me too. I think I, yeah, I like the Wolverine, Wolverine too. Um, yeah. and I think I don't. If only January just, Jones wasn't in First Class. Yeah. This yeah. Is gonna, I actually wrote her down on one of those other five lists that you put down, but um, as as one of the worst <laughs> cast. But you know what? You know what? I'm going to go with. I actually am going to err on the side of the Wolverine, if okay. only because when you watch that, you feel like you're watching a movie, and not watching, you know, a movie that's going to continue. Like, yeah, that, you know, that'd like, be and, my number two for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did dig that movie. And frankly, if, if they just cast some women who like to eat a sandwich every now and then, that's what I'm saying. It probably would have been number one. Um, I mean, uh, those, I mean, those women were all skinny as motherfuckers up in there. Yeah, um, I enjoyed I thought, most of I the thought, movie until I thought Magneto was super dope. Oh, in First Class, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I First Class is probably my my number two, and I, I did like the Wolverine until I, I enjoyed the 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 origins in the beginning and and the uh, you know he, he's in the hole. Hiroshima's happening, and but the end where where you know you had the big boss battle that mm-hmm. left me kind of flat the um sure but then the connection two days of future past what was pretty cool with with Xavier showing up at the airport and so i i enjoy Wolverine for for what it brought um i do though especially with the weapon x facility i i kind of like x2 i don't know if i like it more than first class especially with that'd be my number 3 um but uh, and I've only seen I well, I saw Days of Future Past the theater, which I think the last time I saw an X Men movie was um, maybe the first one in the theater. So uh, yeah, it's it's very easy to find a bad X Men movie, but but to see what's going to be at the top of my list that that's not. See, I almost put like I almost put uh, I put Future Past above X Two for me because. I feel like at least half, well, seventy-five percent of that movie, he's just trying to re, like recapture what we all loved about uh, First Class, which is the retro aspect True, of it sure. all. Because yes. mm-hmm. uh, I think the the future parts of it were bad singer X Men stuff. Actually, like, you know what? No, I'd, I'd put Future Past above him because it, it reset everything at the end. Yeah, yeah. like for me, X Two was still in that. It just had the singer 
issues. I mean, there were still great moments in it, but I still just, just I just don't like Brian Singer's movies. I don't think. But um, X Men: Future Past, I think, informed him so hard mm-hmm. uh, on Future Past that I was like, okay, I'll give it to him. Or X uh, First Class. Yeah, for, I don't know. I'm starting to mess up all the fucking names. I mean, listen, <laughs> we can all agree that Last Stand is probably the best, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's okay. I mean, oh, no, it's the beast. Time, yeah. It took Angel. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to Westchester and then I'm going to fly back home to San Francisco. Yeah. That was so. I will say, uh, to to your one of your points, uh, I agree. Brian Singer's like way overrated, but uh, but he he does engender a tremendous amount of goodwill for me for all time because of the Usual Suspects, which I think was a legitimate, awesome movie. But that is a good movie. But but again, he's he's done a lot of movies since then, and so it's right. But I, and I, again, I'm not a I'm not a huge movie historian, and I'd love I'd I, I'd love somebody who maybe is to tell me is somebody else responsible for why we all love that movie, like. You know what I mean? Was right. somebody else? Yeah, like, no, what, was the screenwriter or somebody else like super yeah, involved yeah, that yeah. made that great? Because I have a hard time believing that we all like. I love that movie as well, and then I I honestly don't think I've liked another one of his movies. And uh, not, I agree. I agree. And it's not like I'm going. I don't like him, so I just don't. What I I've given every movie a chance. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Superman Returns. Come oh, stop. Oh, oh Jesus! Can't talk right? about that. No, I can't. <laughs> and and just, so that just just so I don't, I don't mean to jump off the X-Men stuff, but I mean, there are when we talked about when one of the choices, one of the, the um, things to talk about tonight was the top five comic book movies overall. Um, my my list does include uh, I, I have Superman and Batman Begin. The, the first Superman movie, Christopher Reeve Batman, uh, Superman movie, right. and Batman Begins are in my top five, along with Blade, the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and well, Guardians of the Galaxy is number one again. But I, you know, I I, I do enjoy, I mean, Road to Perdition's on there somewhere. I, I still haven't seen History of Violence. So, I mean, there are a lot of comic book movies that I've I've enjoyed. Um, and, and Superman may be dated, but it's still a movie that, that I can sit down and, and watch. And I love Superman too, but there are some corny things happening in that that uh, there's just a little bit more of an emotional impact for Superman for me and and Batman Begins is for me the best of the trilogy and um and is a, a fantastic origin story and and it it's a really solid standalone movie too even if they didn't continue the the series but so I just wanted to give some love to the other guys as well for sure that's cool so on on my X-Men front um just just uh, hot take for you I, I look I think Ian McKellen is a phenomenal actor true um, awesome in the, but but he he was a terrible choice for for Magneto. Uh, he he's just too skinny and old. I, I know he Magneto. Is old. He is old. I know he would be old in if you wanted to kind of get it real. But Magneto has always been. While one could argue his power set doesn't require him to be physically imposing, ninety five percent of the time in the comics he was drawn as a very physically fit, yeah. powerful person. Yeah, agree. And so I. Listen again, McKellen. He acted his ass off. I have no problem with the way he acted the part, but I just didn't think he ever looked the part. And and you're right. I mean, the rest of that X Men, that first X Men cast was just jank. Um, but but far and away, my least favorite Marvel film of all time is X Men or is, is Wolverine Origins because um, I just 
I, I, I can't I can't handle what they did to Deadpool. The oh no, that's yeah that that's that's a good. I mean, why they decided to call the thing Deadpool and now just call him Mimic? I'll never know. I mean, just call him Mimic, and I got no issues with it. Right. But um, but I just can't with that. That's 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 treading on on holy territory for me. So uh, so I can't. Um, yeah, no good. No 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 bueno. No bueno. No bueno. Uh, <laughs> so what you been reading? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think we should do it in, our, in your travels. Yeah, I think that'll be our, what our reading. So uh, why don't we let uh, our guest start us off? Yes, indeed. In your travels. Um, I'm going to say in your travels, read you some Rachel Rising. Nice. nice. Uh, Terry Moore. Oh, good job. Um, I'm reading through it right now. I'm, I think I'm on the third trade right now. Um uh, you know what? That dude, that guy's a gem. Like, you know, we talk about independent books and indie creators and creator owned and, you know, there's always a lot of buzz and, you know, that we just, you know, we throw a lot of things around and, and sometimes you forget that there's some really, there's some people out there that in a, in our, in our rush to kind of like, you know, push people up or whatever i think that he's a guy who is such a great example of somebody who's been out there just chopping away forever like doing it all himself like he doesn't even go through he's not even you know he's not an image he's not a dark horse he's not an idw he just self-publishes like yep. all his books out there self-publishing and his stuff his work is of the highest caliber on that front. Like no doubt, you know, cause usually when you hear somebody's like, Oh, they self publish. You're like, okay, I need to get my mind ready for that kind of book. Right? right. Like, like if, if, if I, if I decide to go self publish, I'm probably going to take out the kind of book that, you know, is really going to be me stepping outside boundaries. And that way, I, you know, cause I, you know, I'm like, well, if I'm not going to do a publisher, let's really push it. You know, and that's where you kind of get your head in for some of the, you know, kind of outside the box thinkers, which are great. But, I feel like when I read Rachel Rising, like I don't, I don't, I don't want this to come off as. I hope this doesn't sound negative, but I would almost give anything if Terry colored this stuff up and brought it to Image, and and published it through Image with the boom that Image is going through lately. Sure, it's like you know, a, a great books that come out through Image get great response, and people carry them on their shoulders and they move them around. Um, I think everybody that reads Terry Moore stuff loves it, and I feel like you'd have so it, there'd be, there'd be such a bigger audience, even more. You know, there'd be even more audience for him on on books like this because they're so solid. Like he's telling these like Rachel Rising is this big like generations wide epic of witches and horror and all this stuff, and it's so it's such a great tale. Um, I don't know. I think it's super cool. And also, you know, we talk about uh, books for different genders and books for different audiences and books featuring different, uh, you know, uh, protagonists, uh, female protagonists, things like that. I would, Terry Moore is a guy who every single book that he is, to my knowledge, that he's put out over the years, which it's not like he comes and does six issue series, right? Like every one of his series is massive. Um, all his books are like not just like a female uh, protagonist, but it's like a pretty much predominantly female cast. Yep. 
uh, of all his books. And it's not it's not salacious. It's you know we're not talking about you know it's not purgatory. You know what I mean? Like they're it's they're just really great stories. Uh, I don't know. I think he's again he's one of the gems out there that. Um, he's a champion of, of the business. I think where he gets out there, he makes great comics, he writes great comics, draws great comics and, and, uh, tells really cool stories. And I think, uh, way more people should be, uh, talking about him all the time. I think you're right. And by the way, I'm glad you brought him up because, um, I meant to mention a week or two back and forgot, uh, Terry signed a deal with Mark Way's thrill bent and starting, Oh, back two weeks ago, so we're third week into it. They are serializing Strangers in Paradise, which is Terry's magnum opus, um, and they're putting uh, an issue per week up on Thrillbent for Thrillbent subscribers. Cool. Uh, yeah, like one one per week until it's all out there. So uh, I think that's pretty dope. That's a cool thing. I, I love that series, and um, uh, you know, I definitely think it's his. It's well, it's his, it's his most expansive work, certainly to 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 this point in his career. But uh, yeah, very cool. That's a good good call, good shout. Yep, out to yep. So uh, yep, go get some Rachel Rising and read the hell out of it. Nice, beautiful. Uh, in your travels, um, I was catching up on a few things. One of which was uh, Justice League number forty two continues the Dark Side War. This is part two. Um, I mentioned that I read through uh, the Amazovirus storyline. Then we had uh, the issue that kind of um, let us know that all the multiverses, all the stories that, that you read pre-New 52 uh, have happened. They, they, they do all exist together. Uh, this continues with 41, where that left off with, um, with Apocalypse and, and Darkseid coming and the, uh, the Anti-Monitor trying to claim, reclaim his chair that Metron is, uh, is sitting in, but we, um, it's the art is just the part that, that slays me. Um, Jason Fabach is just, he's a beast. It, it is, it is phenomenally illustrated written by Jeff Johns. Uh, it's a, um, it just, it looks amazing and you've got everybody in it. Steppenwolf is here. Desaad is here with this, Skin hanging off, looking like Jonah Hex. Uh, there's um, Mr. Miracle. There's a fight between. Well, it's a short fight, but um, Wonder Woman tries to take on the uh, the Anti Monitor, and uh, the last page is something you could probably have expected. It is something that you know you would see coming, knowing this character, but it's still uh, pretty pretty heavy thing uh especially to leave off at so i'm i'm really looking forward to 43 to see where they go from here but there's a uh there's a showdown somewhat between metron and green lantern uh because there was the um i guess the 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 new gods war if you want to call it that 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 took place in green lantern uh crossover with that they uh so there's some beef between green lantern and Metron, uh, which the rest of the Justice League gets involved in, and that leads us to, uh, to to the last page, which, like I said, is not surprising, but still makes you wonder where where we're going from here, where where the next issue is going to kick off from. So, check out the current volume of uh, of Justice League. That's the 
Jeff Johns written. I have no idea what other. I, I haven't. I doubt I'll read it, but I haven't read the Brian Hitch. Just that's Justice League of America, I think. But just the Justice League, the one that's been running since the New Fifty Two. That's what I'm talking about. Nice, uh, sweet. In your travels, give my cousin's book uh, a read. Brian Wood, um, the massive. It uh, it just re- the the fifth and final trade came out last uh, last month. The series ended uh, late last year, but the trade took a while to come out. It's by Dark Horse, um, and I don't want to shortchange the artists involved, but uh, there were several. So Brian Wood was the writer of the whole thing, but um, the the primary artist, the one I think deserves the 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 majority of the credit, is Gary Brown, friend of the show, listener of the show. What's up, Gary? Um, he drew at least sixty percent of the book including the entirety of the final arc. Um, also, uh, Daniel Zegel, I think I'm saying his name right, but it's, uh, it's, it's spelled Danigel, but I think it's Daniel Zegel. He did a bunch of issues. Um, our buddy Declan did a fill-in issue. Christian Donaldson did the first arc, um, but uh, all, all very quality artists. So there were, the, the arts, each of those guys has a distinctive style, but 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 I think all high quality throughout the book. But um it's it's a thirty issue self contained work that uh, has a beginning, middle, and end, and it's it's super captivating and super timely. Um, you know, if 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 you're familiar with Brian's creator own stuff, he is often rather political in his personal work, uh, and this is no different. Uh, the conceit is essentially that uh, man is paying the price for uh, the way with which we have ransacked and strip mined the world. So uh, we've basically gone too far and it leads to a series of catastrophic environmental disasters, which essentially turn the world upside down um, and uh, society as we knew it ceases to exist. And um, the, the namesake refers to a large uh, uh, vessel, a sea vessel that uh, is part of an environmental um, group, kind of like uh, kind of like Greenpeace on steroids uh, run by a, uh, a 50-year-old ex-black ops mercenary who becomes a peacenik called Cal Israel. And he uh, he's in charge of this group. And essentially, um, you know, they're traveling the, the seas when all this stuff happens to, to right environmental wrongs. And then this all happens. And it's, it's if there, there are worse places to be when the world ends than, uh, than on two giant ships. So there's, uh, there's the massive, and then there's another ship, which they're on, called the Capital. And uh, the Massive is, is the, as you might guess from the name, the bigger of the two ships. And very on, early on in the series, the Massive disappears in a really bad storm. And uh, essentially, a lot of the book is them searching for their 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 uh, their friends and their colleagues and their lovers um, who were on the other ship. And uh, you know, there's a mystery: is that does the, is the Massive exist? Does it not exist? You know, anymore? Has it been destroyed? Someone take it over? Um, and they just uh, it's really well crafted and and and. Uh, and the characters are all really well, fully formed. Um, and they all have to make a lot of tough decisions because uh, essentially the whole organization was founded on the pre- premise of being uh, a peaceful organization. In fact, he doesn't even want weapons on the ship. Um, but, you know, in this kind of world where the, the world's essentially ending and society ceased to exist, um, it's realistically pretty hard to live the life of a peacenik, right? <laughs> Especially when you have a giant floating city at your disposal that a lot of people would want. So they have to make a lot of tough choices. And uh, the great thing about this book 
is that uh, I've enjoyed it throughout, um, but the the final the final trade, the final arc, um, which is uh, the, the name of the arc is Ragnarok, has a twist, a surprise ending um, that I didn't see coming, and was phenomenal. And uh, he's been setting this up from the start. And you know, in today's day and age, especially with internet spoilers and all that sort of thing, it's hard, I think, to be religious surprised by a twist. And uh, he managed to pull it off. So at least for me. So um, it's it's definitely one of those you know digestible but decent sized long form stories that if you're into, um, I commend to your attention. So again, it's the massive dark horse by Brian Wood, Gary Brown, and a host of other creators. And uh, yeah, nice job. He did a great job with this the series. Word, awesome. All right. So I guess that is it for this week. Yes, except to remind people that uh, that this episode and. Everyone before and most likely everyone after was brought to you by our good friends at Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get all of your comics, trade paperback, and collectible needs uh, in a convenient delivery right to your home, whether you want it weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you want. And uh, best yet, you're going to get not only phenomenal customer service, but you're going to get a ridiculously great discount on your books. And be sure, because the new previews will be out soon, as will the... Every time previews comes out, Discount Comic Book Service has uh, updates their website, so you can see everything there, solicits, art, all that sort of stuff. And uh, be sure in the next week uh, when you go to, to DCB Service to check out, uh, I'm sure one of the books of the month for them, cover previews, uh, Mr. Scotty Young's, uh, I, I was almost about to say fuck Fairyland because that, that was what you were originally going to call it i believe right well i was just going to tell you i hate you can pre-order i hate fairyland Mm -hmm. uh which is item code uh aug one five zero four seven four nice or you can pre-order the fuck fairyland variant cover no way sweet oh okay cool i'm ordering which is item code aug one five zero four seven five nice um yeah so for people who don't know um when i very first started kind of developing this remember it was kind of an older guy and uh all my folders all my um original kind of you know project folders the the name was always fuck fairyland the scripts titles were always fuck fairyland every that was what i was calling it um i never knew if that was what i was going to end up calling it but that was the project title uh and you know eventually we talk and i'd be like ah, you know obviously obviously i know that's a hard business move you know um <laughs> as far as story goes and so i was like do i call it that and blank out half the title do i draw flowers over the title and you know what i mean i went back and forth and eventually um uh robert kirkman and i kirkman was giving Mm -hmm. me some advice and eric gave me advice and yeah so sooner or later we we were like all right well you know it's probably the best bet just to go i hate fairyland and and um and then we we announced it we announced it at the image expo and we told everybody on the stage that same thing, like, oh, yeah, well, when I first started, Eric Stevenson was like, well, you've been working on it long enough that it used to have a different name. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I called it Fuck Fairyland. And the crowd kind of got excited and laughed. And, mm-hmm. and then later at the reception that night after the expo, people started – retailers started coming up asking could they get uh, could they get a Fuck Fairyland variant. Nice. We were like – so Eric and I were kind of like, why did we – why were we trying to fret over which one to call it? 
we could just call it both. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I Hate Fairyland's the main, you know, the, the regular series title. Um, and there is a Fuck Fairyland variant for the stores or people who do want it. Um, the interior, you know, the interior is still inferred cussing, you know, we're, I'm still keeping it. Uh, you know, like there's definitely a lot of hyper violence and cartoon violence in the book, mm-hmm. and, but you know, for, you know, it, it'll be a lot of like uh, hugger fluffers and what the fluffs and things like that in there. So, sure. um, yep. So yeah, you could definitely go pre-order those those two, and and uh, and hopefully uh, everybody goes and pre-orders so I can make this thing uh, a bunch of volumes and have a lot of fun. Respect. Nice. Well, thanks uh, for thanks for being aboard, sir. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Appreciate and, it. Uh, it. And good luck in the coming weeks with uh, not only your 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 creative baby, but also your 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 new biological baby. The real baby. Yeah, I know they're the coming. Real, they're, real. Yeah, they're 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 we- eerily around the same time. So no yeah, shit's, a, shit's about ready to get real on all fronts. For real. And uh, and 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 never fear, listeners. If you manage to hang in. This week and last week, uh, and thanks ever- to everybody who said that they listened to the intro. That's true, and and that uh, that they still enjoyed the uh, last week's episode, and hopefully this week's episode. So thank right. you, everybody. But for those that didn't, your ever loving producer, regular producer, will be back next week for another long stretch of of episodes. We hope. We think. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, well, bye-bye, everybody, and uh, as, as always, uh, we will leave you with a goodbye, David. Goodbye, David. Do, 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 do.